In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 329. That's right. This is our San Diego Comic Con 2018 special report. Uh, so, I mean, that's what we're going to call it, but uh, we're sort of we're, we're kind of picking and choosing here. We obviously went through and found as much Green Lantern related news as we could out of San Diego Comic Con this year. Um, we're put, we put it all together. We're going to talk about that first, and then we're going to go into some of the other stuff. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Aquaman and the Shazam trailers. Uh, we are going to talk about, cause it's, you know, I'm, I'm one half of this show, so we have to talk about Godzilla. Um, Mark is brought, uh, we're going to talk about Glass. We're going to talk about a few different other things uh, and uh, see how much time we have left for some of the other things we want to touch on and go from there. But there's definitely some Green Lantern news to kick things off. First up, we're talking about the confirmation that Grant Morrison will be taking over Green Lantern after um, Robert Venditti leaves the title. Uh, It is going to be relaunched as a new Green Lantern series. Mark, I forget the date. Do you, was it supposed to be uh, September or something? Uh, I think – I thought it was later than that. Give me a second. Let me go, let me go back and use, use, that, use the magic link that we have, this document we have, and actually go look at the article. Um, let's take a look. And while Mark looks that up, uh, it's going to be Grant, written by Grant Morrison, but it, the artist is going to be Liam Sharp. So – he will be uh, uh, teaming up with Grant Morrison on the creative team duties. Uh, we're looking at an article for most of our information that came from IGN.com. So I'm looking. <clears throat> they, uh, I'm. Go- I think what we're going to do because there there is a a visual component to some of this stuff at least in terms of the Grant Morrison Liam Sharp uh, in- information, as well as some of the merchandise we'll be talking about. <clears throat> we'll definitely post some photos or some links to some photos, one of the, one of the two, uh, on our website for this episode. So if you guys want to see some of the preview art that released for this uh, new Grant Morrison series about Green Lantern, if you want to see some of the images of the merchandise we're going to be talking about this episode, head over to lanterncast.com and look up the post for episode, you said 329, right? Yes. Yeah, so guys, check that out to see some of the visual components of what we're talking about. <clears throat> yeah, I'm trying. 
I'm going back. I'm going. I'm going back to the let's see the article that uh, the Newsarama post that we did. It's I'm pretty sure November. it was September. November. November. I knew no, it was okay. later. I just couldn't remember how later. So yes, November. According to the yeah, November. Uh, so, so from the IGN article, I actually uh, went through that. Instead of reading their entire article, what I did was po- uh, copy and paste their direct quotes only so that we're not getting any of the IGN context or any of the the sort of uh, break, breakdowns that they themselves had and instead getting the actual quotes. Uh, so from Grant Morrison – Instead of the big, epic 12-part stories, we're focusing down on the everyday life of a space cop. Basically, it's no more apocalypse-ending storylines. The basic concept is that Hal Jordan is like a space cop that patrols a sector of the universe where anything can happen. We've made it more like a police procedural. It's an intergalactic police force, but instead of guns, they've got wishing rings that make their thoughts come true and turn into plasma. Thoughts on that so far? I'm my overall thoughts for most of this is I'm kind of keeping my fingers crossed that this is going to work out. I I could see I could certainly see the appeal in this concept about a, a police procedural. You know, I could I could see that, but I could also see how at least for me personally how that could turn out to be pretty boring. <laughs> I'm being honest with you. I don't think it will be boring. But I could see, I could see the the everyday routineness of, depending what else, what else the elements they bring into the into the stories. I could see how this could not be a strong appeal to me. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, the the idea of the police procedural uh, can be awesome, can be boring. We're talking Grant Morrison though, so I don't know how how boring it really will be. Um, the, the one question I have, though, however, is he's saying the basic concept is that Hal Jordan's like a space cop, that, space cop that patrols the sector of the universe where anything can happen. Isn't that Green Lanterns, what they're doing with Jessica and, and, and Simon? So if that's the case, are we going to have two books at the same time trying to do the same thing in 2814? Uh, will Green Lanterns become Green Lantern Corps and do something different? You know, uh, will it still be Dan Jurgens? Will uh, I mean, will it stay the same? Um, will John Stewart go? I mean, the, the, we we got this information on Grant Morrison, so that was confirmed. It's good to have that information, but at the same time, it just raises more questions about where the rest of the Lanterns are going to end up. I mean, there have been times in Green Lantern publication history, including recently, where certain lanterns didn't show up. Like it was a while between, you know, sightings of Kyle, for instance. So it's entirely possible that we're not going to see John, Kyle, Guy in either book. Now, is it likely? Probably not, but it, it is a possibility. So it, it just makes me curious about what this means for the rest of the universe. I'm going to guess that the the Green Lanterns book is going to become the core book, whether it gets relaunched, whether it stays the same. I mean, theoretically, based on that title, Green Lanterns, you don't have to do a relaunch. Doesn't mean they won't do it for the cash grab of a new number one, or just because, oh, might as well change the title too, because the title for this book is The Green Lantern. That's not even Green Lantern. It's 
the Green Lantern. Right. Which I, which I don't really like because I don't like having – I like the character being referred to as Green Lantern, not the Green Lantern anyway. But that's just right. me. I So I suspect the second book is going to be where the – going to be the core book. That's where I think Jessica will be. That's where I think Guy will be. John, we have to see what play how that plays out with the Justice League story. Uh, we have to see wh- where John ends up at the end of the day. Same thing uh, with Kyle, since Kyle's supposed to be part of that Heroes in Crisis thing. Yep. Uh, and there's rumors about that he might not make it out, uh, which, of course, that's all that is at the moment is just, as far as we know, is just speculation or trying to put you know one and four together and gets ten. But there's a possibility that I that they could that they could do that with. They could just off Kyle, uh, but I suspect most of the other Earth Green Lanterns will. And that, and if there's going to be any direct ties to the existing other color cores more regularly, it probably will be in the what is currently Green Lanterns, what is currently the Jessica Simon book, which seemingly is going to change, which is good because it should change because we don't. I don't mind Jessica staying at the forefront. That that would, that's okay. Uh, I don't. We know, we've said before. I think we're both in agreement. We, Simon doesn't really serve much of a purpose, let alone headlining one of only two Green Lantern books when everybody else is being pushed to the background. So, right. That's what I, that's what I suspect is going to happen with the sec with the second book. That's going to morph into the the latest version of of the Green Lantern core book. Uh, Liam Sharp, the artist on the title, says, I love this idea that he's an idiot savant, referring, of course, to Hal. Uh, In a way, he's a genius. He can just turn up and kind of assess the situation really quickly and then just smack it with a giant fist and it's all fixed. Uh, He went on to say he's a loner and a drifter and he's an unreconstructed man. It was nice to do that and to go to a little bit old fashioned with it. Um, he doesn't belong here at all, you know. He's longing for the heavens and to be back up as green as a Green Lantern. And then Morrison added, "We're doing Hal Jordan, where you know he's a good cop, but is he really a good guy? And we're looking into his relationships and how he deals with people, and also the fact that if you've got a job as a space cop, it's hard to be stuck on this pl- on the planet Earth." He has other lives on other planets. We're going to be looking into a lot of things that I don't think we've seen a lot with Hal Jordan before. So I do like that. I like, you know, we've been talking about, you know, what about his life? You know, he's he is an uncle. He's a brother. Uh, he's a brother-in-law. Um, and uh, are we still? His mother is is dead at this point, right? Yes. Yeah. It, it, we're okay. We're assuming that's still in canon. Um, so I mean, but he he does have a life. Uh, Carol, you know, she's been a kind of non-entity for a little while. Um, you know, maybe she's an ex, maybe she's a current girlfriend, maybe she's just a friend, but cowgirl, maybe where's cowgirl? You know, we've, we've had that question for a long time. So, I mean, those sorts of things. And I do like the idea, you know, Hal is a space cop. Hal's been a Green Lantern for a long time, specifically assigned to 2814. I like this idea of him having different lives on other planets. I don't mean like, you know, we like to joke that a, a port in every store or in every harbor or whatever, um, but more like, uh, you know, he's he's been to these planets several times before. He's made connections and friends there. So how does he interact with them when he's on those worlds? So I thought, you know, like he's, you know, he's clearly got uh, connections, let's say, on uh, uh, on Abin Sur's homeworld. So, I mean, you know, 
we we've got a little bit of that already, uh, you know, fairly recently with the with the within the Green Lanterns title, but just as an example, um, you know, so that'd be interesting to explore. Some of that, I like some of this. The way it's being described, but I got to be in my initial reaction listening to most of this. Being a Hal Jordan guy, is that I don't really like the picture that they're painting, <laughs> the whole idiot savant thing. I understand where they're going with it, not in the literal sense that you know he's Rain Man over here with a power ring, but I do I do kind of understand what they mean that he's really really great at one thing. Yeah, and, and other than that, it's 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 difficult. So I I can see that I can see a little bit of that. I don't know about the, oh, he's a good cop, but is he really a good guy? I, to me, that's to me my vibe off of that is that's what made either that's what Morrison needed to be able to do with this book, or the only take he cared about pursuing when it came if he was going to do a Hal Jordan book. So I'm well. I mean, obviously we're going to be we're going to give it a shot. We have we have no choice but to read it. But <laughs> I mean, I mean, it goes without saying we're going to give it a shot. But but it's it's going to be. It's going to be very, very, very different than what we're used to. True, and it's—I mean—it's it's Grant Morrison, so the question still remains: Which Grant Morrison are we getting? Yes, that's true as well. But it's also going to be—it's going to be curious to see whether this is going to bring some people back to the book who have been turned off with the way the things have been going over the last bunch of years. And if, even if it does bring some of those people in, does it mean they're going to lose some more of the people that kind of are now so used to the way things have been in this book? Probably, well, actually, not probably, for getting really, really close before this, to, let's say, like the last 14 years at least, going back to the beginning of Green Lantern Rebirth, that it's – even though the Green Lantern, they, as some people have pointed out, Green Lantern Re, the Green Lantern series after Rebirth kind of started like this too. On some basic levels, not as maybe as, as down and gritty as we're seemingly getting the vibe this book is going to be, but there was a lot of stuff centered on Earth with Hal and re, and kind of like not really a lot of whole intergalactic stuff in, the, in like the first like at least like the first eight or nine issues and stuff of the volume four of Green Lantern post uh, Green Lantern Rebirth. So. We'll see. I think it's gonna it's going to be interesting. Obviously, there'll be there'll be buzz because Morrison's doing it. There's no doubt from a from a name perspective. This is probably the biggest the biggest writer with the biggest buzz about him that's been that's gotten the Green Lantern book since John's probably left. Hmm. Uh, Not just that, but I mean, I, don't don't get me wrong. I, I I definitely enjoy John's run and and but and everything. But there. Depending on what circle you're in, there's an argument to be made that Grant Morrison is a bigger name than Jeff Johns. Oh yeah, I so that's definitely something to, you know, it's it's definitely going to have some huge uh, audience appeal in terms of people who just follow Morrison. Right, I think I think it'll be good getting in. Certainly, the initial interest will be there. So it'll be. We'll have again. It's going to be how the book is, and we're going to have to see how it holds on to the new new readers that come in, and how it, what kind of draw it has to some of the. And again, because even as we know, the the Green Lantern Green Lantern readership is pretty much like the world these days in general. It's pretty fractured. So you have the you have the some people that kind of long for the Jeff Johns days. You have some people that think Jeff Johns was the worst thing that ever happened to Green Lantern, yeah. and you have people who think 
you know, Robert Venditti has been really, really solid all the way through. You have some people who kind of more like us who have liked who like him and like a lot of the stories that he started, but for the most part, we don't like how these stories have paid off, and so and somewhere in between of all that. So it's going to be really interesting to see if you know Grant Morrison is going to be the one that helps it kind of like at least unify, but whether intentionally or not, unify some, you know, the fan base again for Green Lantern. Right. All right, uh, so on to the next bit of news out of San Diego Comic-Con about Green Lantern. Uh, Green Lantern Corps, the movie. Surprisingly, we only got one small little snippet of information about this film. Uh, Is that you know, sarcasm, Chad, surprisingly? <laughs> well, yes and no, because I was thinking of you when this happened, because I was over on Twitter uh, when, when this posted, and uh, it was on Sunday, I think, I believe, I was talking about it, because... You know, I was trying to give Comic Con some time to kind of figure itself out. You know, let it let it let everything happen and 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 see and see what what fleshed out. Maybe some more information would come out and and so on and so forth. But so all these all these articles released. Uh, Jeff Johns has this moment with IGN. I'll play it here in just a second. We'll get to it. But what I what I said over on Twitter, and I'll just say it here now. It says, given the 2020 release date that is still in, pl- uh, still in place, which is referenced even in this very article I, I posted here on Twitter, I was expecting more to release from DC Comics about Green Lantern during San Diego Comic-Con this year. I mean, this is nice to hear, but didn't all of us expect to hear more? <laughs> so you, you, Mark, have been talking for quite a while that this 2020 date in, in place, still being in place, it's not. It, it, it just cannot hold. And I, you're you're more of a movie guy than I am. I, and I'll be honest with you. And I think you know this. I haven't agreed with you about that. I think it, it's it was still manageable. But given that San Diego has just ended, and this is all we've gotten, now I'm starting to side with you that this there's no way this 2020 date has has held. It sounds like Jeff is still writing the script. And so let me just yes. Yeah. Yes. Play the play up. Why don't you play it? Then we'll then we'll then we'll kind of break it down a little bit. Right. Let me do that here. Crank up the volume and. Joshua, we're actually running out of time. What Already? are the two most important oh, questions? Okay. Like, what do we got here? Oh, okay. That's crazy. I'm like the world's biggest Green Lantern fan. <laughs> so Jeff, you're doing. Uh, you're working on Green Lantern Core, the movie. What's the biggest thing you want to do differently from the first Green Lantern movie, aside from the fact that it'll be starring Hal Jordan and John Stewart? Um. There's much more to it than that, but really it's it's a complete reimagining, just like I did Green Lantern Rebirth in the comics. Uh, I'm going to be hope, hopefully uh, delivering a script that Warner loves and DC likes and they want to make it. Um, that's going to celebrate the mythology and reinvent it in a different way, but also if you've read my Green Lantern run... Uh, I have read some of it. I, I I'm going to finish have. it one day, Jeff. I know you have. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's very much in line with some stuff we did in there. All right. So that's all we got. <laughs> Thank you for nothing, Jeff. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I like what I'm hearing, but at the same time, it's just like I was expect. I mean, a, a, a casting announcement, a director. I mean, I don't know what I was expecting because, I mean, we all know it's based on the news of what? – what is it Mad Dog? What's the name of this place? The, the Mad Ghost or whatever the production oh, company Mad, is? I think it's Mad Ghost. Okay, so that just had relatively recently come out. So I, I don't know how much I was actually ha- should have been realistically expecting given the recent news. But I mean, like the the way the way Jeff talks about it, there, 
he's like, you know, coming up with a script that, uh, you know, Warner loves and DC likes. It's, it, it sounds like he's got an idea for a script, maybe even a first draft of the script. But I mean, we we haven't gotten much further beyond that. And everybody who picked up on this this article uh, or this conversation, you know, comicbook.com, which is the, the, the article I, I tweeted about, um, it, it is referencing still the, the the old schedule that's in place with, you know, like the Cyborg movie that's supposed to come out in 2020, the Green Lantern Corps movie for 2020. We still haven't gotten an updated year for this. So it's just like the fact that 2018 Comic-Con only has one person going, ah, oh, the script's being working on, and that, that's like a one-minute clip of someone asking, less than a minute clip of someone vaguely <laughs> pointing out where things are. It's just like, that that's it? This movie's supposed to come out in 2020, and we don't even, we have really nothing at this point. Well, I mean, let's, let's approach this uh, from two different, let's use this as a jumping-off point for two, two different things. Let's talk about specifics here. Now, the, the the terminology that he uses could just be it may not necessarily be literal when he's saying oh I hope you know I hope to give them a script that they like and they and they'll want to do I mean it might very well be I mean obviously they have a right to not use what he gives them uh, so he might just he might be this might be the trying to be humble routine where it's like a, hopefully you know they'll want to do you know they'll want to use what I give them and things like that so he could that could be downplaying the the or actually, it could be overplaying the possibility that that his uh, script is either going to be shot down, or he's not. Even if he has to revise it, that his his script isn't going to end up being used. But it might not be. There could be truth in it. But but reading between the lines, it certainly sounds like we're no we're nowhere near having this having this script greenlit yet. Which means, well, there's no there's no casting, obviously. Uh, even though, of course, that's not necessarily. I shouldn't say obviously because sometimes we know people are attached to projects even long before they have a script. And uh, Ch- Channing Tatum and Gambit's a good example. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been attached to this project for seven years, and if I ever sees the light of day, you'll be the first to know. Hey, the um, Venom the Venom project finally saw the light of day after all those years. So yeah, that 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 is true. Uh, so the reality is, here we are at the end of 2018. It is possible this. It is possible that the script could be finished and greenlit by the end of the year, but then you got to cast the movie, then you got to film the. So, tw- so what's was a tw- it was a summer, wasn't it? Wasn't it summer release? I think it was like a June release or whatever, or something like that for twenty. Yeah, green. That was their, yeah. that was their slot. That was their assumed slot. It's still it's still doable. It is absolutely still doable. Do I think it's likely? No, I don't think it's likely, especially since there's a lot of other projects that keep circling around, for better or for worse, the DC Cinematic Universe, and there are lots of projects that we that what some of these some of these long uh, gestating projects maybe they'll come off the ground and they'll get f you know when is when is black the Black Adam thing going to be done? Well, you got the stoop you got the Joker origin movie coming out. You have yeah, but the birds of prey. I mean, DC just throws stuff against the wall, it seems, and they don't. There's like really no cohesive plan of what the hell they're doing now, with the exception of Wonder Woman too. Uh, so the real the reality is, it's. I think it's still doubtful they're gonna they're gonna make this. Now taking this in a slightly different direction, let's also be honest. This is 
from a from a movie perspective, other than friggin' trailers, there was like San Diego Comic Con was a huge fail. There was like no real major announcements related to movies, new movies being announced, new casting being being announced. Or some block something some blockbuster thing. Not talking about James Gunn. We'll talk about him later. But there's not anything, you know, that people were to get people excited about like there used to be. You know, when they're bringing people. You know, was it wasn't it like Comic Con when they first brought Ruffalo out when they first introduced Ruffalo? I think. Yeah, uh, be, yeah, because there was a big uh, fuss yeah. about that when when. Norton. Yeah, well, because. Uh, Downey was on stage at the time, and he was saying, and now reprising his role as the Hulk, and everybody freaked out because reprising is a very specific uh, uh, word. And then he's like, Mark Ruffalo! (laughs) So, yeah, that was a a Comic-Con announcement. I mean, there have been a bunch of big, you know, big Comic-Con announcements and things like that. And this year, I mean, really nothing. I mean, all it was, all to me, is a general overview here at Comic Con briefly, which we'll, I'll stop because we can talk about it later on too. It just seemed like it was a whole bunch of trailers, and that's all pretty much was. It seemed like yeah. it was a whole bunch of trailers, which means, and I, I got to tell you, and if that's what Comic Con is just going to be, a dumping, and there's a, and there's so much stuff that there was like, like Marvel didn't really have any presence whatsoever. Movie wise, obviously Star Wars. Other than movie wise, there was not there was nothing to talk about. There were no announcements, and I'm not talking. So we're talking movies here. So I mean, if this is what Comic Con is going to be, then I you seriously have to wonder if Comic Con has already peaked as far as being the cultural event that it is, and it's going to start rolling back because you don't need to fly halfway halfway across the country or more just to sit in a room if you're lucky enough to to get into a room with a uh, with a bunch of people just to watch a trailer that at least eight and a half times out of ten you're going to be able to see that footage online like (laughs) shortly thereafter anyway yeah although there is one trailer that came out that we still haven't seen and that's uh the new trailer for venom yeah but there's also there also there also was another halloween or halloween footage you know, put together a package, put together too that we haven't seen. So and they do. There tend to be things like this that get shown, and eventually, kind of, sort of, they almost always seem the light of day, or at least parts of them make their way into another trailer. But again, being direct, your your Venom, let's say my Halloween, those are not exactly super biggies either, and then yeah. on the sliding scale of, of these projects. So it's not. I just don't think that's what you know. To me, I was kind of really. Overall, I was shocked by the lack of anything really interesting that came out of Comic-Con, you know, overall. I thought this was a pretty – not talk, not leaving the trailers and, and, and the – not even talking about the quality or the, the quantity. Just everything else, it seemed like there really wasn't anything that particularly interesting about Comic-Con, and I yeah. thought that was – yeah. All right. Uh, we got another bit of audio to play for you, and that is uh, during a Deadpool panel. Uh, and this was interesting to me because it was a Deadpool 2 panel, but it wasn't promoting the movie. I mean, I guess it, it technically is promoting the movie since it's going to be coming out on Blu-ray DVD soon. But, you know, the movie's already out, so it's like a retroactive panel. So speaking to, you know, not a lot of big stuff coming out of Comic-Con. You know, we're going to have a Deadpool panel. Oh, cool. We're going to talk to Ryan Reynolds and the cast and, and all this stuff. But the movie's already out, so it's not like we're hyping anything. Um, but uh, 
a fan stood up and asked Ryan Reynolds a question. And obviously it's about Green Lantern, so let's play that audio here and we'll react. Uh, Ryan, I just want to say I love you and I love Deadpool and the movies also. Thank you. And you're... And now I have, like, an entertaining question for you. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> what do you hate more, Green Lantern or X-Men's Origins? Wow. <laughs> Tough call. Tough call. Tough call. Wow. Very <laughs> tough call. You know, both have uh, both have kind of been like an endless wellspring of awesome jokes for Deadpool. So I can't say I hate either of them. I actually sort of love them both. But honestly, they were both amazing experiences to work on those movies. I, I had a ball shooting them. There, it's you're an incredible, uh, incredibly fortunate position to be able to sh- shoot any movie, let alone one those size. But uh, but no, they're they're both pretty bad. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hope that answers your question. All right. It was entertaining. Thank you. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> you're you're you, you're uh, pretty vocal about uh, lately about Ryan Reynolds shitting on Green Lanterns uh, yeah. all these years later. So if he had, if he had, he was walking that fight for a moment. <laughs> if you if you left out the beginning and the end of his answer and just focused on what he said in the middle, then I thought that that was what I my personal belief is. That's kind of like how he should. That's the way he should approach that subject to begin with. At this point, take the take the friggin' high ground. At this point, you know if you're gonna make fun of it in the mo- and friggin' Deadpool, okay, but just take this. Give up. I know it's not it's not me having to stick up my ass and not being be able to see the humor in it. It's just that after a while, things get played out and it's not and it's just not funny anymore. And it's like, I mean, one can make the case for the that people should be more upset about you know about him. Or he should be less willing to crap on X Men Origins because if he hadn't even played Deadpool in that movie, he may very well have never gotten the chance to play the actual Deadpool. <laughs> you know. Uh, I don't know. I think I what he said in the middle was made sense. I you know, I don't necessarily I don't really buy into most of what else that he said, but that's 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 who Ryan Reynolds is. I mean, it's just, that's for better or for worse. That's and that's the that's the critique I guess of him too is that he essentially plays Ryan Reynolds as whatever he's doing that he plays himself 9 times out of 10 and that's kind of who he is and yeah, he's you know I'm sure and sure in person he's really charming or if we ever interviewed him, interviewed him he'd be really charming but it doesn't change the fact that at this point it's like god damn that was what seven years ago that movie came out let it go man <laughs> I mean let let it, let it go <laughs> thought I'd throw that in there for you all right well let's uh, let's move on to the next stuff but that's uh, still that's still about the, ni- the the closest thing to to nice that he said about that movie so maybe he is trying to tone it down a little yeah maybe maybe uh, oh one, one one quick thing before we switch before we we go because we were gonna go with the merchandising next right yes yeah now, tom tom king is the one who does batman right yes just I, started uh just started a interesting arc about mr freeze actually which i've been reading i mean of the only the it's issue 51 so <laughs> it's only the first issue of this arc but uh yeah, he's, I've been I've been reading uh, Tom King uh, Tom King's Batman lately, especially with uh, they did the Batman wedding thing. Yes, 
which is which was interesting enough just the fact that he's got body <laughs> that he's got a bodyguard following him around because of all the stupid death threats because people hate what so many people or a fr- or let's use our, the term we always use whether it's because at least it's <laughs> vocal minority vocal minority at least the vocal minority just hated how he flipped people the bird in an even more unsa- uh, in a completely unsatisfying way as opposed to the X-Men wedding which at least gave you a wedding people would still wanted to see <laughs> uh, the Chad wanted to see I bought the yeah. damn variant cover that uh the reality is the, I had I have I forget which panel it was, but there was one of the panels he was on, and if I remember, I, I was reading the transcript for this on Newsarama, and, I, and the only reason I'm mentioning this is because I believe somebody asked him what was the character that he liked that he enjoyed writing the most, and he said Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> so I find that pretty interesting, especially for a guy who does Batman so much. That <laughs> I just thought that wow, that's pretty cool that he said. That. <laughs> um, that's it. That's all I got. No, no worries. Uh, by the way, the Tom King Batman stuff I have read is actually really good. I've heard nothing but positive things about it. Uh, I was watch- in, in, in trying to find audio clips from Comic Con interviews. I watched an interview with Dan DiDio and uh, and uh, Jim Lee. Jim Lee and Dan DiDio had nothing but glowing positive things to say about Tom King. I've been aware of Tom King for a while because if you listen to the Comic Geek Speak show. Uh, he was, uh, you know, he was just starting out in the industry. He was promoting his uh, novel, A Once Crowded Sky, I believe is the name of the thing. So I've been aware of him since he was, you know, relatively, you know, small fry uh, in 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 the the geek circles. So he's uh, he's been uh, a talent the, the, to watch for a while. But he, I mean, I'm talking this this he must have been promoting A Once Crowded Sky maybe three years ago. So like in three years, the guy's gone from relative, you know, obscurity to one of DC's top writers. He's just gotten better and better. So I, he's definitely somebody to watch, I would say. Um, and I'm not saying that I knew about him before he was cool because, you know, it was CGS who really knew about it before it was cool. And I just happened to listen to CGS. Um, but, uh, but yeah, definitely uh, you should give Tom King a try. And 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 this this most recent arc involving Mister Freeze, because one of my my favorite Batman villain is the, is the Riddler. But I've always sort of had this tertiary interest in Mister Freeze. It really depends on how they write him, how they do him, how they. I mean, it's got to be this perfect combination of writing, art, tone, so on and so forth. Um, to me, Mister Freeze works best as almost. This is going to sound crazy, and it's obviously a weird tangent to go down. We already have so much to talk about. But does it make sense to you if I were to say Mr. Uh, Mr. Freeze's works uh, story works best as he's as 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 if he's both Doctor Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster? I could see that. Yeah. Okay. This tortured soul. Uh, this scientist with with. Uh, uh, questionable ideas about the limits of said science. Like, I, I, it's hard to explain, but they just started this Doctor Freeze arc. So, um, um, if you're trying, not, you want to try Tom King and jump on it. Uh, obviously, I guess skip the Batman wedding debacle since you know you probably already heard so much about it. You're not going to be able to make you know your own your your own individual stand on it. Uh, at this point, but uh, issue 51 of Batman just came out not too long ago, and it's the beginning of this Mr. Freeze arc, so I, I would uh, definitely uh, bring that up. But, Mark, you're the 
you and you and Jim like talking about merch and toys and, and all this stuff. So you want to handle all the merchandise stuff we've got here? Now you'd say this to me. Uh, no, you handle the statue. I'll, we can talk. I'll talk about the. I'll talk. Which we got more. Oh, now I'm looking at everything you threw here. You got a lot of stuff. Now there's three things. Yes. Yes. So. Uh, it, yeah. Let's 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 do the let's do the. I'll do the John Stewart statue. Uh, Go for it. This is my favorite of the bunch, by the way. Yeah, I, I first saw this. This is. It, I mean, again, John Stewart's not. My he's not my favorite Green Lantern, but it but that doesn't really matter because of the fact that uh this does look it's a pretty fantastic sculpt. Mm-hmm. It, you know what uh, the reason the reason I'm really a big fan of it and I really want it is it reminds me of the one statue I do have, which is uh you know the one I'm very fond of the it's from the movie, but it's the Hal Jordan Emerald Energy statue with the the energy swirling up from around him, going around his back and forming the fists in front of him. Yes. Yeah. So that's what this reminds me of. Yeah, it is similar to that. And it is sideshow collectible. So, you know, in the premium format figure, which means it's going to be like friggin' like 500 bucks, <laughs> which sucks because I'll never be, I, there's no way I could ever justify spending that much money on something. No, I mean, I don't I mean, I don't even know of how these, how much these things come down on, uh, DCBS. I'm not even sure percentage-wise. If it was half off, maybe I'd consider it. It, it won't be half off. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So, you know, this it's really impressive. It's a really nice-looking figure, a statue with John Stewart in action with an ener- kind of ener- supposed to look like a. I would assume it's a gun, right? It's a gun. It, it almost looks like one of the. It, it doesn't look like a real-life gun. It almost looks like one of those video game guns. It's just like. Massive automatic weapon. <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 it kind of is hard to describe. This the picture will do this more justice than I think we can describe it. But I but the I think that's really the most impressive to me about this is just the way they capture John Stewart and his haircut and the look on his face, like even the veins like on the side of his head. Yeah, I just think, I just think that this is. It's certainly one of the better John Stewart pieces of merchandise that we've seen in a long time. So, it's but. it's it's definitely my favorite of the bunch. Um, there was some information there from uh, Blogavoa because actually Blogavoa uh, and Myron and them uh, posted uh, some information about this back, I think, in May. So, let me see if I have that here. Do you have that in front of you? Because my my screen is doing weird things. Let's see if let's see. Uh, yeah, it's, let's see. It's Twenty-four inches high, should so about two feet high, and four hundred to five hundred dollars is supposed to be the price range. That's according to Myron. That's the information Myron had, uh, which it makes sense. Again, if it's a sideshow premium figure, that's what that's what you're going to pay. That's 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 the negative to that. Uh, but but if you're John's but if you're a John Stewart guy, then I mean, probably the odds are you should just go to go to town on this. <laughs> and and that's and that's and that's really the thing too is is it's the I've said I've had no problem mentioning for a long time how I feel John Stewart has been undercharacterized and, and underutilized, and yet the fact that I still look at this and go, "Well, I want it." I mean, that's that's got to tell you how good of a statue this is. And they keep saying premium format figure, like it, it's not a figure, it's a no, it's, it's a statue. statue. Yeah, it's absolutely a statue. 
and it just it just looks real good, real good. The I mean the the green that they're using for the construct, it, it's it's not translucent, but it's I, I, it makes me wonder if this thing glows in the dark. You know what I mean? Right, I'm sure it doesn't, but it's just it's it's it is a very it's a very light green. It's yeah. a very light, kind of like a luminescent or translucent almost kind of green. So it's yeah, which, when you, which which when you think about it, that is what you how that's what you would think constructs would be like. Yeah, it's real it, freaking cool. Yeah, it is cool. I think it's I think it's cooler than that Hal Jordan statue. And speaking of. We have a DC Designer Series Green Lantern, which is designed by Ivan Rice, Avon Hayes, any other pronunciation we want to throw in. <laughs> Ivan Drago! Uh, Were you able to find a better picture than the link I sent you? Yeah, I can... nah, at the moment, I'm, I, can, I, will try to, I will try to do this when we move on to, a, to another item. Uh, so this is, wow, this, is, doesn't, this, this item from DC Collectibles doesn't come out until April. So you got plenty of time to to either save up or uh, or wait for it. It's five thousand pieces, which is not that that's really not that small a production run these days. Hundred fifty dollars U.S. and it's not. I again, I do need a bigger I do need a bigger picture to judge what I think the statue looks like. The pose, the pose doesn't do much for me, and the. And that green energy coming off the base of the statue, certainly compared to what we just looked at for the John Stewart statue, that doesn't really do much for me. Uh, even though it, 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 it honestly takes it. It kind of takes a lot these days for me to be really excited about. Okay, I, I got some. I got a better picture now. Yeah. That's a close-up. It's part of the statue. I'm looking at Hal, the Hal part. The Hal part's pretty cool. I don't think it's the best. I don't think it's the best uh, facial uh, uh, representation of Hal Jordan that I've that I've ever seen. There's actually more more merchandise than I thought because I'm on uh, Blog of Oa right now, and they're they've got a lot more images of stuff that I didn't see on Twitter. So, we can talk about those. There's one. There's one in particular. I, I think we should talk about. I just sent you a link on Facebook to the Blog of Oa post. I mean, there's a Diamond Select figure. There's a Mezco Toys uh, John Stewart. Looks like a almost like a video game John Stewart. Um, and there's like a Simon Baz uh, figure and a John Stewart figure from Mattel. We'll be talking about the Kyle Rayner Mattel figure. But the one on the link I just sent you, the Tweeterhead Hal Jordan statue, that looks real cool. Yeah, I, I just actually – I went to their site in the meantime. Uh, yeah, that one's nice. I, I, I do like that one. Again, I'm a little – we'll have to see what the facial structure is, but I, but the, the facial sculpt looks like – I do like, yeah, the, the, like the Gatling or like the turret underneath him. Yeah, think of the so in the movie, the Green Lantern movie, when Parallax is attacking Coast City, uh, you know, and he throws that big ass gas truck at Hal, and he, you know, creates the turret Gatlin gun thing to shoot it out of the sky. Think of that construct, but Hal standing on top of it. Right. It's almost like an it's almost like an anti aircraft gun, almost. Right. Uh, yeah. 
that's that's the closest thing to be fair. That's that looks the most like it. Uh, yeah, I would say that's the best best statue of the three, better than the the, the uh, Avon Hayes one. That would be yeah, so. I would definitely say that the Tweeter head is that would be one that would be for me that would be the the winner of the group unless you're a diehard John Stewart fan. Then then it's kind of a then for the uniqueness then John Stewart obviously is the way to go. Though it's more though it's going to be more money because the Tweeter head is supposed to be about two hundred to three hundred as opposed to closer to five hundred. Yeah. All right, uh, and uh, we got the Kyle Rayner Mattel figure. Yeah, which, which is kind of funny because because uh, <clears throat> Jim actually showed me that he showed me that picture. Uh, and for and and of course I'm I'm look I'm looking at it and it's like oh I'm trying to figure out what's what's off about it and then I realize oh it's 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 a representation of Kyle's current costume, not the original costume. <laughs> And I think that's what that's what because of the chest symbol. Yeah, but he does. But he does have. It, it comes with an accessory, and it's his classic battery. Yes, that's that's another thing that threw me off because I'm looking at it. It's like okay, the, he's got the original battery, but yet something about that symbol threw me off. And then 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 uh, Jim was like, "Is that the new costume?" And it's like, and it's like, and I said, "I think that's it." But then I went and I double checked. I went and I double checked to pull up an actual version of what Kyle looks like these days. Completely with that chest symbol, I was like, "Yeah, that's exactly what it is." Yeah, that that original, the original Daryl battery. That's that's still awesome. That was one of the that was one of the cooler things about the whole redesign was was that power battery. So I'm glad I'm glad that at least they're giving that. It's I mean the 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 facial sculpt on that figure looks kind of odd. Yeah. Almost looks like he has no teeth. It also almost he he almost he's either too thin or too tall. I mean, there's there's something off about his proportions there too. Maybe his head's too big. I don't freaking know. But there's something off about the proportions of it. But it's still a pretty cool looking figure. I think I think I might probably get that one. It re- it really depends on how much they are. I mean, if it's like a twenty five you know dollar figure or something like that, like I'm out. If, but if it's like you know twelve fifteen bucks something like that. I th- I'd consider getting it, but I don't. Those the, the cost of action figures has gone up quite a bit lately, yes. and I, I just I just don't think I. You know, like a, a lot of half my action figures are unboxed and in a box. You know what I mean? Like I took them out of their packages, put them on display for a little while, and then through various moves, they've either migrated with me to my desk at at, at a job site. And right now I don't have a job, so half my action figures are in a box, just kind of taped up and set aside. And the other half are sitting in uh, in this five foot IKEA uh, glass case thing. And the other, and some of them, like I got my Spider Man Spider Punk uh, Legend series figure. I've got you know Mark, you know a long time ago when we first uh, started doing this, he got me uh, the Sinestro. Uh, Yellow Lantern and the Total Justice Parallax. Thanks again. <laughs> those <welcome>. are <laughs> those are still in the package. I've got my uh, my Total Heroes Ultra line Firestorm uh, still in its package. You know, I got that that Green Guardsman from the Comic Con uh, that I went to at Austin. That's still in the package. Like for a long time, I was like, I'm not. I'm going to keep everything in the package. Then I was like, Ah, eh, screw it. I'm never going to sell these anyways. I want these figures. And I took everything out of the package, and now 
I'm starting to keep everything in the package again, not out of, oh, I plan on selling these, but out of necessity. Like, I just don't have the space for them, and I don't want them to be out of the package just rumbling around in a box together. And it just makes no sense to spend like $25, $30 on an action figure that is just going to you know, rumble around in a box or I'm not going to have space for. Whereas if it's a figure I want and I want to be able to do something with it eventually, like this Kyle figure, I think this figure might be something I would want to hold on to and have in the future. You know, If I look back, like for instance, the, the Collecting Connect Stell, to this day I still want that figure. I want it real bad. But every time I go to a con... It's like $60, $70, some places. And it's just like, there's no point. Why would I spend that much money on a figure that's just going to, you know, that's going to be set aside in the dark for a while? If I really want the figure, I want it to be on display somehow. And I'm running out of wall space to to put the stuff on its peg hooks on the wall. And I'm not going to unbox it and throw it in a box. And I don't have any more room in this this five-foot glass display case, I'm not going to go buy another glass display case, although I really should at some point. But, I mean, it's just like, it, it makes no sense. The, they keep raising the prices of these action figures, and at some point, even if you really want the figure, even if you can afford the figure, it just doesn't make sense to spend that much money on the figure at that time. I agree. And I don't, and I still don't think it's a great selling point when it looks like Neil Patrick Harris is Kyle Rayner. Because <laughs> that's what the face kind of looks like. Neil you know, Patrick he would be, Harris is. He would be a great voice actor for Kyle. Oh, I'm sure he would be. But, yeah. but yeah, so I don't, I already have, I had the DC, the DC Direct Kyle from when they first did that figure, so. And I have a bunch of other Kyle figures too, so I don't need a Kyle. I don't need a Kyle figure because I don't have any, or I don't have enough. So I only have one. I have the uh, the muscular one. Oh, the JLA classifieds. Yes, that yeah. one. I have that one. There's one that's out there that I want, but you would have to invest in a two pack to get it. I want that Blue Lantern Kyle Rayner. The the matte one that came in the two pack, I think, with Yellow Lantern Hal. Hal. Yep, that was a good set. Yeah, I, I, I didn't uh, for some reason I didn't really care to have the Yellow Lantern Hal, but I want that Blue Lantern Kyle. But like you know, people don't want to sp- split up the set on eBay, and it's a yeah, I'm not going to deal with it. Um, but they all look great. We're gonna we're gonna have photos and links and stuff over on our main page if you guys want to check out this stuff. The DC Mattel Kyle from the from. Uh Oh, you're talking about the yeah when they when they like had the three pack of Dexter and uh, no, yeah well yeah that that yeah not that, that line in particular but yes that line that 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 Kyle is pretty that Kyle is pretty cool and that also came with the classic battery that also yeah. came with his classic battery I I have that one I have that one open um, yeah but but it's it's not it's it's cool because it's Kyle and we haven't gotten that much. Kyle. Yeah. Did they, they didn't even do a White Lantern Kyle, did they? No, 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 they never did. Uh, I think I saw someone do like one of those custom figures, but I don't, they've, they've never done a, a, a White Lantern Kyle. Although, they did do a White Lantern Kyle, we can talk about. <laughs> yeah, that was, I kind of thought that would be a good segue anyway, but, I, but it did cross my mind because that would be a few. The White Lantern figure, that I would want to get. 
Yeah. And I would definitely want to get that. Uh, well, I, I'd want to get it too because I have White Lantern Hal and White Lantern Sinestro. And I actually have – I'm looking at them right now because they're hanging off of push pins on the wall. I actually – from again, from the DCU, the Mattel lines, uh, I have White Lantern Hal and I have White Lantern uh, Barry Allen too. Oh, I see <sighs> – those are two figures I want, but can't see. Not the Mattel. I want the DC. Uh, it's not. It's, it's currently called DC Collectibles. What was it called before? Oh, oh, you actually DC Direct. Yeah, I, said, I know I said it. That's why I was embarrassing. I couldn't find. It. Yeah, DC Direct. Yeah, so I have the DC Direct, and these are con exclusive. Hal Jordan and and, and uh, White Lantern, Hal Jordan, White Lantern, Sinestro. They put out a White Lantern Flash con exclusive and a White Lantern Batman con exclusive, and they had like a metallic paint, and they were the same style as these other Hal Jordan, this, this Hal Jordan and Sinestro. And I really wanted those. When we were actually at, uh, I've, I've said I've told this story before, but in case anybody hasn't said it, the one time I went to CGS Super Show when I was just a co-host of. Uh, the Lantern cast with with uh, with Jim and Dan, we had an extra White Lantern Flash and an extra White Lantern Batman, and we you know uh, we had like a bunch of coloring pages and stuff and uh, for the kids to come by and, and really hang out at our table and interact and the parents could talk with us and all this stuff. We gave those away as prizes to children. <laughs> And don't get me wrong, those are fantastic prizes. I mean, it just means that much more when you're willing to be like, you know, this is a figure. You know, the, a kid's gonna play with this. It makes it just it, it has more value when it's gonna have use out of it instead of just sitting there in the glass case. But all oh, these shit. years, <sighs> all all these years later, just thinking about how badly I wanted that White Lantern Flash and Batman just to have my White Lantern set. Man, do I just get so nostalgic about it going, it should have just ran. I should have just grabbed one and ran. Uh, but no, Chad, don't steal action figures from children. I had a comment, but but even though it would be amusing, it'd be too it might it might be getting us too close to the James Gunn comments of the world, so let's let's avoid let's avoid that for now. Uh <laughs> If it makes you feel any better, and it won't, I, I do believe that the the Mattel classic line that the Hal Jordan figure is not that I've ever opened it, but by looking at him in the in the package, it is far superior than that stupid con Hal Jordan that, that redesigned Hal Jordan. They couldn't even they couldn't even keep him the same damn Hal Jordan from the San Diego Comic Con set. They had to they had to friggin' change it, and, now, and, 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 and not for the better either. But I do think the White Lantern Hal from the DC unit. The Mattel Classic line is better, and Barry. I think Barry is not quite as metallic looking, at least unless he's just not catching the light. But I would, but most. I really think most of the Mattel Classic line was the DC Classics were actually at least as good, if not better, than a lot of the DC Direct stuff that came out, including uh, I like the black, like black black. I, I never I never opened the Black Lantern Con exclusive Hal. But I did open the Mattel Black Lantern Hal. Part part of which because I think they were they were all part of another build a builder figure. I don't remember if that was the I'm not sure if that was Stell, if that was Arkillo or one one of one of them. But it was or I or I could have I'm trying to remember 
because I have three build of figures. I have Kilowog. I got Kilowog. I have Stell. Fuck you. <clears throat> Four actually are are Kilo, Kilowog, uh, Stell, and the Anti Monitor. You didn't, you didn't get the Necron one. No. Wasn't there a Necron build a figure? I think there was. I think there was a Necron build a figure, but I don't think I like the figures that were in the wave. Oh, okay, gotcha. I I only have the only Necron I have is the one from uh, DC Direct, which is pretty yeah. cool. Uh, yeah, it, it was. I, I I got rid of a lot of my Blackest Night figures, but the only ones I still have I still have Larflees, I still have Red Lantern Mara, I still have Blue Lantern Flash, Black Lantern Flash, Black Lantern Firestorm. The two con exclusive White Lanterns I just talked about, and then from the Brightest Day line, I have Firestorm and I have uh, White Lantern Dead Man, which is just Dead Man with a White Lantern. <laughs> yeah, I never, I never, I never got. I did want him. I never got Dead Man. I do have all the blackest. I I have given some of them away, but I had at one point I had all the Blackest Night figures because every time a way a new wave came out at the. Uh, yeah, I did too. Yeah, but I sold was, them all. But I, but I, I had they all had the clamshell. I had them all lined up, but they never re-released that Sinestro. Man, we're going so long on these tangents. <laughs> you want to talk yeah. about the Kyle Rayner? Yeah, we were going to talk briefly about the Funko Pop exclusive, you know, Kyle Rayner from Fugitive that, Toys. Yes, that, 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 he was available to order right at one point for in limited quantity. I think on on the Fugitive Toys website, yeah. uh, they first released it only as the two pack. You could only buy both together, uh, the the regular one and the glow in the dark one. And Which then were, they opened it up to individual orders. But but I mean, it all sold out so quickly. That would, that would actually make sense why they were able to on eBay why some of these things were put up as sets. That would probably make more sense because some because they. Based on based on the information you and I talked about too previously, that probably makes sense. Why the set that I got off of eBay was one of those sets that some that this person must have ordered on the Fugitive Toys website. So when they say it hasn't shipped yet, that's what they mean. <laughs> yeah. So, but you also obviously could have gotten it at uh, Comic Con, at San Diego Comic Con, and you had the White Lantern Kyle Rayner Funko Pop and the Glow in the Dark variant Kyle Rayner Funko mm-hmm. Pop. Which, if all things if things go correctly and according to plan, then Chad and I will at least have a Kyle Rayner each. <laughs> so that'll be three things in my collection now. I owe to Mark. <laughs> oh, uh, it'll be it'll be four once I send you the San Diego Comic Con uh, the the Green Lantern. Oh yeah, that's right. Two thousand, which I did dig out. So two thousand and nine. So yeah, I, have t- I had two of them. I won. I think I I think I had won a separate auction for it at a cheap price, and then plus I had that original that original set that I got for for two hundred bucks, which yeah. was actually still, which was ex- I still don't believe I got that for that price. It was great. I said in my mind's eye, I'm willing to go forty dollars a figure. There were five figures. I was a buy it now. It's like okay, two hundred bucks. It's like okay, it's like. <laughs> And I got them. I got so that's exactly what I was willing to pay. It's like for I, I I didn't think forty. I didn't think forty for those would be outrageous because of the value to me anyway. It's like okay, and that's what yeah. I got them for. So, um, and uh, I'm I'm not a huge pop collector. There there are certain ones I will get. I actually I do follow a uh, a YouTube channel. If you guys are into pops, I really recommend a a, cha- a YouTube channel called Nerd Therapy. Uh, they do a great job uh, talking about the exclusives, giving you tips and tricks on how to find them when they release in stores, where they'll be at, 
you know, what to do uh, once they're released online, how to how to try and get there as quick as you can, because pops are becoming this huge thing. They have been for years. And, you know, there are a lot of bots out there buying up this stuff before the regular fans can even get it. And it's just it's so hard to get your hands on some of these exclusives nowadays. I only have a few pops. Uh, I've got Raphael and Michelangelo. Obviously, I need Leonardo, Donatello. I'm going to get Splinter, April, Bebop, Rocksteady. But again, that's because I'm a huge TMNT fan. That was a huge part of my childhood. Uh, I got the Spider-Gwen bobblehead as, as, as a gift from, uh, from uh, I'm, a, I'm on Imgur, uh, or Imager, or however you want to say it. It's, it's like Reddit, for those of you who don't know. Uh, and there's a Secret Santa every year between all the members on that site. And I got that. I, I was on Twitter and I won one of those Dorbs uh, exclusives and it was anti-Venom and I'm a big Venom fan. So of course <laughs> I, was ex- I was excited about that. But they recently came out with uh, uh, Pop Vinyl number 282 and 383, which is Bill and Ted from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in celebration of the 30th anniversary of Excellent Adventure. So I got those, but this year they released another line of stuff. You know, like I said, Team and T was a huge thing for me as a kid. My favorite Disney movie of all time is Aladdin. A very, very, very close second is Hercules. There have been Aladdin pops, but I just don't like the way they look. This year they released a bunch of Hercules pops. You have Hercules. You have a what's called a pop ride, which is uh, – you know, uh, a, a, a pop figure on something, on a car, on a, you know, riding an animal, you know, whatever it may be. There was a pop ride of Hercules on Pegasus, which is really cool. Uh, they released a Hades, a blue Hades and a red Hades, like a glow-in-the-dark variant and stuff. There was Meg. Um, there was uh, baby Pegasus and baby Hercules. And there was Phil. And they uh, uh, there's a, a bunch of San Diego Comic-Con exclusives this year, all spread out through various locations. You know, like one of the big ones was GameStop had Red Hood. Uh, 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 Hot Topic had Moaning Myrtle uh, and, and stuff like that. Well, the Funko website directly, the online shop, had a bunch of really cool ones. There was a Hercules exclusive two pack of Pain and Panic, you know, Hercules little minion or not Hercules, Hades minions in that movie. I watched the nerd therapy video telling everybody how to do this. It, w- it went live my time, 930 central. Like It's supposed to be, this, you know, the same time across the country. So East Coast got it 1030, you know, uh, well, West Coast got it 730. Uh, I got it at 9.30. You're just supposed to be online. Just keep hitting refresh. The same way like when Comic-Con tickets go live for San Diego, people just refresh, refresh, refresh. <laughs> Let me try and get in line by these tickets. I got – I was on the website. I hit refresh. I was one of the first people on that site, man. I hit order. I was going through the stuff. I was entering my shipping information. All right, next. And started entering my payment information, hit next and complete order. And by the time I had done that, they were sold out. Like it was within I, – I looked up at the clock. It was like 9.33. Within three minutes, they sold out. So it really freaking sucks because I really wanted that Pain and Panic exclusive because, you know, I, I'm a huge Hercules fan. I want that whole line, 
And now if I want to get those pops, I'm going to, I'm looking at, I'm on the eBay right now. You have bids and they can be like 45, 50 bucks, but that's already, you know, less than a day into its first posting. It's already got four bids on it. The buy it nows are like at $94 and stuff at like, it's just like, what the hell? <laughs> like all these people profiting off fans. Like I know it's just it's something we should accept as fans. I'm 31 years old. I, it's something I should have just accepted by now, but it's just so disheartening. Like I feel so bad for the people who not only want certain lines, like I want the Hercules line because now this pain, pain and panic pop is going to be like, you know, my Holy grail. Like I'm never going to be able to say I own all the Hercules pops because you know I love that movie and but I can't do that now because it's going to be impossible to find this two pack for something that's a, a decent price. I don't feel guilty for spending that much money on it, and I can only imagine what it's like for actual pop collectors who like try like love the community. They buy the pop T-shirts, like they dedicate like a whole wall of their house to their collection. Like I can only imagine how these people feel. Every time some new pop comes out and it just gets snatched out from under their nose by people who just want to money grab all this stuff, it kind of it really sucks. So, I, I mean, like, I, you know, if you feel bad for me, feel bad for me. That's fine. But, like, quite honestly, take that feel bad and put it towards the rest of the pop community because those guys, I mean, that really freaking sucks. And that was only the first time I experienced that. I can only imagine what these people like go through who are just collecting everything, and they just get this disappointment after disappointment after disappointment again and again and again by these things selling out within like two minutes. I'm sorry, Chad. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm not dying. I'm not, I mean, I was pretty pissed about it for like five hours afterwards, but whatever. But anyways... We've been talking for a while. Uh, one thing I'll just make note of: I don't know the, I have no familiarity with the creative team. I don't want to get into the, the whole thing. DC is going to be partnering with some company to do uh, a series of young adult graphic novels. There will be a Green Lantern young adult graphic novel called Green Lantern Legacy, releasing in December of next year, written by Min Lee and illustrated by Andy Tong. That's Andy with A-N-D-I-E, not Y. I don't know either of those people. It's a book that's coming out in December of next year, so we don't have to spend much, much time on it. But that was an announcement as part of this collaborative effort for young adult graphic novels. That Green Lantern will have one at some point. So just something to, to mention there. And for anybody really interested, once you take a look at the picture of the, the Green Lantern Avon Hayes statue, it, you can actually pre-order it on Big Bad Toy Store for only one hundred nineteen ninety nine. <laughs> oh, nice! That's a pretty. I was gonna. I was about to post the price for Entertainment Earth, which is still better than the one fifty the, the MSRP. But this one is you save twenty percent by ordering it by doing a pre-order on uh, Big Bad Toy Store. So I looked for the John Stewart thing. I couldn't find it. So. Yeah. All right, uh, Aquaman trailer? Yeah, let's make sure I got the right one open. Okay. I'm on the Warner Brothers Pictures uh, YouTube channel, and we're going to hit play. My father was a lighthouse keeper. My mother was a queen. But life has a way of bringing people together. He could unite our worlds one day. 
Check it out. Arthur is talking to the fish. for you. Your half-brother King Orm is about to declare war upon the surface world. The only way to stop this war is for you to take your rightful place as king. Trust me, I am no king. You do your best thinking when you're not thinking at all. That was the worst pep talk ever. I want to strap in. different worlds that is exactly why you are worthy that was awesome the war is coming to the surface and i'm bringing the wrath of the seven seas with me Yes, Jason Momoa, redheads, you do have to love them. Oh, that poor goat. That goat says it all at the end. What the hell's going on, man? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, that was – look, I, I don't care what anybody says. That looked – like the, all the, the Atlantis stuff looked visually stunning. Now, it's is it entirely possible to have a visually stunning movie and it be shit? Yes, <clears throat> Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> but at the same time, like if you're just if you're going based solely on this trailer, that looked real cool. The visuals look good. There's no doubt that the visuals look good. Kind of kind of gives you the kind of like the Wakanda feel as far as how cool Wakanda actually looked once you got to see it. But but at a higher level because obviously you got the advantage of the you know. You have the advantage of the whole undersea thing, just what what a kingdom would look like, on, and the colors and the gra- so all the CGI stuff looks really really good. There's no doubt about that. So uh, Black Manta, uh, you have Ocean Master Orm. I, we don't know if we'll, he'll be called Ocean Master in this movie, but he's definitely Orm, uh, his half brother. Uh, it looks like the trench. I mean, it's been it's been rumored this entire time that the trench were going to be part of this movie, which is from the uh, Jeff Johns's first run on Aquaman, his first story arc. Um, it you, know, you got Mara. It looks like you've got Volko. Uh, you got his father, although it looks like his father's probably going to die in this film. So I don't know. I mean, it looks it, it, you got a you got a whole shit ton of stuff to work with for sure. It makes me think that Black Manta is not going to be the main villain of this movie. 
he's just going to be like part of it, like a, a, a lackey maybe for Orm to keep Arthur distracted. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think he's – I would agree. I don't – I do not think he's going to be the big bad in this. The the issues I have with this are the issues I've had all along. I'm, this, I'm not digging – which is an appropriate term to use, I suppose, considering my criticism. Uh, I'm not digging the, the whole Jason Momoa version of Aquaman. I don't like the way he talks. I don't. I don't think he doesn't look like Aquaman. It just. It just doesn't work for me. I know Jason Momoa is cool. That doesn't mean. Uh, I. I think The Rock is cool. I don't. I wouldn't buy The Rock as Aquaman either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wouldn't. So it's it's the Namor, yes, Aquaman, no. Uh, I so I Amber Heard, she's pretty to look at, but I don't know if she. I mean, she looks really cool when she was wearing the green uniform. I mean, I believe. Oh yeah, Mara looks like she stepped right off the right. Page. That that was one of them. That as much as I don't necessarily buy Amber Heard in this role, that visually, again, that's the key word here. The word to this, the word for the episode this week is visual. <laughs> every every episode we're gonna have a word. I think that yeah, see, visually she looks good. I don't know if I don't know if I'm gonna she's gonna have the gravitas to make you really interested. I like Patrick Wilson as an actor, so him playing Ocean Master is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, it it looks good from my perspective since this is not a movie that I'm dying to see whatsoever it certainly does it does not it did not make me want to see it that much more but it also did make me go yep knew it was going to be a piece of crap <laughs> yeah so I think it survived it did what it needed to do which is it makes it look interesting and if you were one who of the people who bought and liked the Jason Momoa version of Aquaman that you saw in Justice League, then it just kind of then it, then it gives you an extra reason probably to want to go see this based on the stuff they included in, in this trailer. So it did not hurt their cha- it did not hurt their chances of this movie being big. I don't necessarily know if it if it helped it tremendously, but it may have swayed swayed some uh, non-believers. It may have. I, I definitely agree with you in terms of this is not my Aquaman for the most part. However, on the other side of the coin, I like Arthur. I know a lot about Arthur. I'm yet yet I'm not a huge Aquaman fan. I can't sit there and say he's in my top ten of DC Comics, but I do enjoy the occasional Aquaman story. So I only have enough connection to Aquaman to appreciate that there's a movie to appreciate some of the mythos that's tied in here. But not enough of a tie to go, you know, just rail against the whole concept of this Jason Momoa Aquaman. Would would this be the way I would have gone with it? No. Uh, am I pissed at the world for it not being the Arthur I'm familiar with? No. Justice League wasn't the best movie. Jason Momoa's Aquaman was one of my more favorite parts of the movie. So... I mean, we'll see. I, I just think my main concern with the movie was how does Atlantis look? How is that culture portrayed? How much time are we going to spend under the water? You know, like what what is this all going to feel like? And this movie gave me a, a, this this trailer gave me an extremely good sense of that. And based on what I saw so far, like it looks amazing. But again, a movie can look amazing and still be shit. So we'll see how it comes comes out. But 
so far, I like the tone and the visuals that they're setting. And James Wan, I, I, I'm not a movie guy like you are, but I've heard a lot of good things about James Wan. So from a lot of people who seem to know a good deal about film. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah, I think, I think it's trending upward. You know, if you're looking at the vibe meter and judging it, I think, I think it's got a I think the promise, you know, it's more, more likely to, to do well now. I think a little bit, I think the trailer probably helped sway, like I said, a a few people and then didn't do anything to hurt. Uh, or to make it seem like, oh my God, this is going to be a bad. This is going to be bad. I don't think so. I mean, obviously, there's some people. If you absolutely despised everything about the Jason Momoa Aquaman from Justice League, then yeah, probably this trailer would not. This would just. I would suspect that under that circumstance, yes, this would reinforce that belief. And it's like, nope, not going to touch it. But it's got. I think it, and it's coming out in December, and there's not that. There's not that much out in December, I don't think, this year. The Mary no. Poppins, right? Mary Poppins is going to be its big is going to be its big competition. At, well, at Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, I don't think Bohemian Rhapsody is going to make that. It's, you hush your whore mouth. It's not. Just, <laughs> it's first of all, I don't think it's playing to the same audience. Well, it may true. be a fra- it may be a fraction of the audience, but I mean, it doesn't. I mean, let's put it this way: I don't think Bohemian. But Rhapsody, if they're if they're competing for word of mouth audience, then yeah, then it doesn't matter. I mean, if it's totally the same audience, if people come out of either movie going, this movie's incredible, everybody has to see it, it doesn't matter if it's the type of movie that crowd usually sees, if they hear it's good, they're going to go see it. So they, they, would, it, they, would, be, they would be competing each, against each other in terms of word of mouth. Well, yeah, but Bohemian Rhapsody comes out, what, in, no, in November, right? I think it'll still be in theaters, won't it? Well, yeah, but that doesn't matter, because it's not like it's not going to... Look, the release date for Mary Poppins is the 19th of December. Aquaman's the 21st, and Bumblebee technically is the 21st as well. Not that I make that. Not that I think anybody expects anything out of a Transformers movie right now. But the, and Alita Battle, Battle Angel too. So actually, there's a lot of crap that actually does come out in the 21st, on the 21st. So there's a lot of comp. There will technically be a lot of competition for the same audience. But if you're if you are handicapping, the idea for Aquaman is. Is you want to make that movie, and this is where the trailer probably really succeeded. You want to make your movie look like this movie is something special visually, because so you want to see this in the theater, as opposed to oh you can see this later on home video, you can stream it later, and it doesn't matter as much. So that's the, I think that's probably what they're going for here. Uh, Mar- so I think, and Into the Spider Verse is the 14th. That's, so there's there's a bunch of things that come out in De- in, in December, but there's not like there aren't any super, you know. There's not a Star Wars movie. That's not a Marvel movie. I'm trying to see. Bohemian Rhapsody comes out on November second, so that's like a, about a oh, okay. Uh, that's like a month and a half. So even if it hits pay dirt at the box office, and again, it's pay dirt is like rel is is relative too. I don't. I can't see that movie being, you know, having like a, a eighty million dollar opening weekend kind of movie. I mean, so so I I would say. Aquaman's got a pretty decent shot to do well, but I think the reviews will be important for that too. I think the reviews are going to be important. If 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 if, if people think again, if it, you you build up the must see, want to see factor in the theater, then I think that'll that'll help. But but All we'll right. see. We'll see. On the Shazam, 
Let's do Shazam. Again, from the Warner Brothers Pictures uh, YouTube page. So here we go. You run from foster homes in six counties. I can take care of myself. When you're 18, give these people a chance. Because that's what they're giving you. This is Billy Batson. Make sure you make him feel at home. They seem nice, but don't buy it. It gets real Game of Thrones around here. Dude, just messing around. You look at me and you're like, why so dark? You're a disabled foster kid. You've got it all. If you could have one superpower, what would you pick? Everybody chooses flight. You know why? So they can fly away from this conversation. No, because heroes fly. What, you need your fake family to stand up for you? Hey. Man, sorry about that. Go, go, go! Grab it! Get out the way! Billy Batson. I choose you as champion. Hello? Say my name so my powers may flow through you. But I don't know your name, sir. Shazam. Wait, for real? Say okay! Shazam? You're the only person I know that knows anything about this Kate Crusader stuff. Can I? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, right? What are your superpowers? Superpowers, dude? I don't even know how to pee in this thing. AM to the PM, PM to the AM. You have super strength. PM, you just got Can you fly? If I quit your PM, I still rock with safety. If I quit this season, Whoa. I still be the greatest. You okay? Why are you talking? Oh. Sit down. You know, I don't think that's gonna buff out. Your phone's charged. Your phone's charged. The hell? You're like a bad guy, right? Gentlemen! You have bullet immunity! I'm bulletproof. <laughs> You're dead. Sorry about your window, but night. you're welcome for not getting robbed. Oh, hey, what's up? I'm a superhero. <laughs> oh, yeah. It did it. It did what I said it should do. It captures your imagination, and it makes Shazam like, like he's supposed to be. Billy Batson in an adult body with superpowers just having fun. The thing that I did, the thing that makes it a little much, I think it makes it harder of a stretch to buy is that they kind of make him a like a streetwise kid, and then when he becomes Captain Marvel, he becomes like super goofy. Yes and no, because here's the deal: everybody, what everybody was concerned about with this is okay. Jeff Johns is a great writer. Uh, I think it's Gary Frank, fantastic artist. They had those Shazam backups during Justice League, and that was eventually co collected into its own trade. And in that, Billy Batson was more of a dick. Uh, Streetwise kid, just like you said, uh, hardened by the streets, just a real asshole. I think this is a 
good balance between the two because if you're talking about uh, a kid who's grown up on the streets in this modern age like he's 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 got to have some darkness he's got to like you know have learned to stand up for himself in some way shape or form he's got to have learned not to trust certain adults and and all this stuff but i think jeff made him a little too dark in that i agree with a lot of people on that i did enjoy that series for what it was but i didn't necessarily agree on the take because it lost some of that Billy Batson childish wonder innocence. This movie, it, it looks like it, it keeps some of that because it would be unrealistic to have the golden age Billy Batson being like, you know, a young kid reporter working for a radio station and golly gee willikers, sir. You know, like that whole thing wouldn't fly. So it, it, I like that it's sort of this fair middle ground between the two. And I think here's the deal. Here's my prediction. The second trailer we get out of this is going to almost look like a completely different movie because I think the idea with the first trailer is to sell it, to tell the audience, look, we know you hate <laughs> the dark DCU stuff. You know, I, we told you a long time ago the Shazam movie was going to be different. You know, a lot of fans out there were, who were familiar with the character knew what Shazam had to be, knew what this movie, with the tone that this movie had to take, knew the childish glee, the, all the stuff it had to capture. So the first trailer has to show everybody we did it. Like, we did what we said we're going to do. It's a different tone. It's a different – it matches what the character should be. Now that they've established this, I think this the next trailer we get, whenever it may come out, is going to show us, you know, Shazam, you know, the special effects, the kicking ass, the flying, the, the throwing cars through the air, whatever the hell it may be. I think the, the tonally the second movie the second movie trailer may have some some humor and some of the childlike wonder stuff still in there, but we're gonna get so much more action in that. I hope so. Uh, this tra- I mean this trailer wasn't bad, like you said. I think the whole I think they were definitely trying to juxtapose juxtapose this, excuse me, with the most of the DC universe, which has been dark as hell. The Snyderverse. <laughs> yeah. So I think they, I think they were definitely trying to to lighten up the tone, and they and they did that. I I don't know. I still don't. It's still not a movie that has a great appeal to me overall. I still wish they had. It still strikes me as very odd that you're still planning on doing stuff with Black Adam, but yet you don't have Black Adam in a Captain Marvel movie. Uh, but. I don't so I I don't know I I would I would really have to be sold to really want to see this you know just for it to really be something that says I want to I must see this movie yeah and it's just the first trailer so no, I mean, it's got it's got plenty of time to gain that audience all right next movie yep let me get rid of that one and now we're on to go ahead Godzilla King of the Monsters Warner Brothers Pictures uh YouTube page and go ahead and press play. Our world is changing. The mass extinction we feared has already begun and we are the cause. We are the infection.
Like all living organisms, the Earth unleashed a fever to fight this infection. Its original and rightful rulers, the Titans. For thousands of years, these creatures have remained in hiding around the world. And unless all the Titans are found, our planet will perish, and so will we. They are the only guarantee that life will carry on. So excited. <laughs> Featuring the return of Tywin Lannister. <laughs> Off oh, the shitter man. and ready for business. We know I already love this. Go, you, you go first. What do you think? It, I really – I'm trying to phrase it the best way here. It does make me want to see it. Not that I didn't want to see it to begin with. It – it's intriguing what the premise, even though probably the premise is that Vera Farmiga is out of her mind, or an, uh, or I think the rumor is that she's an eco terrorist, which would make sense because she can't she can't really believe that releasing all these monsters is going to be the best thing for the for humanity. <laughs> <laughs> so she's she's it's pretty. So she has her own agenda. I'm going to go out on a limb for that. I'm also going to go out on a limb and say Godzilla's not going to be fighting all the monsters we see in the movie. <laughs> Because who do we see in the movie? We see Mothra. Mm-hmm. Which Rodan. looks beautiful. Mothra yes. looks beautiful. Yes, we see Rodan. We see Ghidra slash Ghidorah. And that is that is that Gamera with Millie Bobby Brown? I think it's Gamera, although it's it, it's it's hard to tell. But if if that almost turtle looking face is a one of the one of the supposed to be one of the OG monsters, it, it, the closest is Gamera. Well, it also would make sense because, as some people have pointed out, because of the bond Gamera had with the kid. So it would kind of continue that weird relationship right. that existed. First, when I first saw the trailer, I thought it was Mothra. And then somebody said, oh, it's Gamera, Gamera. It's like, what are you talking – and I'm thinking, what are you talking about? Then I went back and I rewatched it, and it's like, yeah, it does – it definitely doesn't – it doesn't look like Mothra. So it, it looks more like a turtle. And then even has, when you see the close-up, it almost like has like the scale. So it probably is Gamera. So then you have to figure out the dynamic that's going to be at play in this movie. We, you don't have to go be a rocket scientist to figure out. We know Ghidra's the bad guy. <laughs> yes. 
And I think from everything we've heard, and even this movie kind of shows it, I think Rodan's a bad guy in this movie. Rodan looks badass. Yes. So I think if that's the case, then you would, then you kind of would be, then you would have probably Mothra and Gamera and Godzilla versus Ghidra and Rodan. <laughs> Unless yeah. there's another monster we don't know about to even even the odds, but probably because Ghidra's supposed to be so tough. That that would make that that would make sense. So yeah, I don't think I don't think we're gonna get anything else. You know what's speaking of anything else? You know what's interesting? Nothing about Kong. But there might I be mean, but there'll probably be something in, at the end or in the credit scene related to Kong. Maybe maybe it just bothers me. It, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Do I have a problem with tying up this whole universe and making? Godzilla, like the ninety-five percent focal point of building this monster universe again. Nope, <laughs> we know how I feel about Godzilla. But they said that the Kong Skull Island movie was supposed to be part of this universe. So I, I, I'm just really interesting to not see or hear anything about Kong. Now it is the first trailer, so who knows? But and I don't expect Kong to show up in this movie. But it just it's, it's interesting that it's not a part of it at all. Um, in terms of other monsters, I would love to see and expect. I like I like a lot of the cheesy ones, so I don't care what anybody says. Like I love Mecha Godzilla, and I love Space Godzilla, <laughs> the big blue <laughs> Godzilla that like had crystals instead of spikes. Like <laughs> that was cool. Um, so I mean, all of that would have been cool to see. But I mean, in terms of like the monsters, it's not missing any. Uh, Rodan, Mothra, Ghidra, Godzilla, and Gamera. Uh, all uh, those are my top five. So, like you know, I basically had an orgasm watching this trailer. Like that was so excited. Like I'm serious, guys. Like I, I know I've talked for years about how much I love Godzilla, but like this is like this is for me. Like if they did, you know, if if TMNT wasn't done by fucking Michael Bay, <laughs> you know what I mean? If if someone did TMNT and did it really, really, really well. And you just felt like it was just so well done. Like, I would lose my mind. That's how I feel about this Godzilla movie. Seeing all these monsters on the screen and done and done so well. And it just, I am so excited. <laughs> Godzilla is a little chubby, though. <laughs> yeah. but, but he was in 2014, too. It's the design. <laughs> which, which, speaking of, uh, we're not done with this movie, but... I, f- I find it really interesting that in those Netflix Godzilla movies that they do b- basically draw Godzilla like he appears in the legendary movies. <laughs> I, find uh, it in- I, find I haven't seen the second one. What was that? I haven't seen the second one. I know, but I'm, that's why it's been a while since I saw the first one since they since they released it last year. But just watching the limited appearance that Godzilla really had in the second movie, Godzilla City on the Edge of Battle. That's the that's the American title of it. That. He absolutely is drawn to look like the legendary, the 2014 Godzilla. So I find that I find that interesting. Uh, that that choice. Only like three times the size. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, because he was so because he was like. I mean, because technically that Godzilla is supposed to be the future. So. Well, yeah, like, yeah, like twenty thousand years down the road, and he kept gro- and he kept growing, but yeah, but. Uh, Related to Mechagodzilla, since a since some a not your traditional version, but a legacy of Mechagodzilla is is in the uh, that next that other animated movie. Not 
not traditional. So I'm not spoiling that much. I mean, whenever you get to see it, you'll see you'll you'll see how that plays out. But as regarding Mechagodzilla, that probably that I'm sure is coming. Down, that would be coming down the road in, in this series. It would make sense probably that they don't have it yet. Uh, it, it makes it a little harder to have it unless again unless you're going to bring in the aliens bringing it down because Godzilla is clearly a good guy in this. Mm-hmm. And this movie reinforces that with the jets flying behind him. They're not attacking him. And when he's shooting, when he's breathing up into the air, I mean, I'm not quite. They they intercut that, so I don't know if he's breathing up in the air. They could they make you think it's somewhat related to Mothra, but it doesn't have to necessarily be. Uh, but if it's not, you would think he's going after Rodan, probably more than I mean, could be Ghidorah, but but uh, I don't. I I think it looks really good. I'll, I'm going to be interesting to see the dynamics at play here, because uh, again, it's certainly unlikely that. It doesn't make any sense where all the monsters are going to be bad. So you're probably going to have teams. Going to have teams. We know Mothra traditionally is good, uh, and Gamera is pretty much other than. Was he bad in the first movie? Uh, when he originally appeared, yes, I believe yeah, so. It's I, been a long time since I saw it, but yes, I believe so. But other than that, but almost everybody was bad when they first appeared. And, and the yeah, God, God, there, were, there have been several movies where Godzilla himself is bad. Oh, there have been a so, lot of movies that, that when Godzilla, yeah. yeah, especially when they redid it like in the 90s, the 2000s, or whatever, because the Japanese movies, Godzilla was pretty much always bad. But, but like, Mothra's been the only one that's been pretty consistently a good guy. Uh, but Mothra really wasn't but either way, so I think it's going to be cool to see. I am interested to see how they do the connective tissue with Kong, because I'm sure at the, even, at the very least, even if it's an after-credit scene, that they're going to have to they're going to tie they're going to have to tie it in somehow to Kong. Just like everybody's interested to see how tall how tall Kong is actually going to going to get, because obviously he has to get pretty tall to make it a to make it a battle. And it's going to be intriguing what the deal is because you figure you figure both those guys, you know, King Kong and Godzilla are both good guys in this universe. So the reality is, if they fight, there's got to be somebody's got to be manipulating them to fight. You would think, and then you would assume they're going to team up again at the at the end to fight against something. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see what that's actually going to be. Mecha King Ghidra? maybe. Or Mecha or Mecha or both a Mecha Godzilla. You would have to think there's got to be something. That's why they're using Ghidra in this movie, so it probably won't be him. So, you, but it has to be something. Somebody has to be manipulating them to fight, and then eventually they team up because they they clearly have established both these characters as being good, uh, like good forces of nature. So that's why it's gonna yeah, be, yeah it's gonna be weird seeing them fight to begin with. So, but yeah, I, this was my favorite of, of the three trailers. Mine too. All right, on to the other stuff. Yeah, let's uh, sort of ro- let's roll through some stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll through this real quick. Uh, uh, just something I wanted to mention. Venom did get another trailer. Uh, I read a bit about it. Don't want to go. Only thing it did it confirmed the villain of this movie is gonna be Riot. Uh, for those of you who remember the OG symbiotes like Scream and the yellow one, the pink one with the long hair, like all that stuff. Riot was the one that looked most like Venom. It was kind of the, the buff, muscular, simple-looking one, almost like a gray Venom instead of a black one. So that's that's what we're sort of looking at there. There were hints about Carnage. There were hints about Carnage being uh, in this movie or Cletus Cassidy. It could be a after-the-credits scene. But it seems like the main villain is Riot, so we shouldn't be expecting a huge Venom versus Carnage in this first movie. 
But that footage has not made its way to the internet as of this recording, which is the Monday after Comic-Con. And the odds are at least parts of it will, if not all of it, because yeah. some of it will probably be in the next trailer, which shouldn't be that far away anyway. The movie's an October release. You would think yep. there's another trailer coming soon, even though that would technically be the third trailer after that Ill, ill-fated <laughs> teaser trailer, which at least they moved away from. So at least they've kind of like corrected that damage. Uh, in similar fashion, the the – the Halloween panel also released, if not an actual trailer, more footage, which it's interesting. The panel seemed to get mixed reviews because they didn't have many people from the Halloween there. They pretty much had Jamie Lee Curtis and I think the writer-director, but but they didn't – but Carpenter might have been hit or miss. You may not have expected, but they didn't have anybody else really from the – I think the cast there. So I think that kind of surprised people. The footage is interesting. It almost seemed like – Kind of playing up the, again, talking about forces of nature, the Michael Myers, almost like a force of nature when he's back in Haddonfield in the evening, that he's kind of like, that whatever it seems to grab, I think because it seems to be filmed in one continuous shot, which is what intrigues people, that it just seems whatever, whoever catches his attention when he's walking the streets of Haddonfield, that's who he goes after, and he can be, he goes after this person, but if somebody else catches his attention, he can go after, it's just a lot of random killing in a brutal way, which is kind of, in a way, different in the 1978 movie well I personally will have to see whether I think it works because I I hold that movie in pretty high esteem so it's, uh, it will have to see if I think that fits in with Michael Myers or a believable extension of what Michael Myers would be like 40 years down the road but that footage also has not come out hopefully it will or if not some of it will be put into uh, a new trailer so that's another one off my list uh, we wanted to talk about Flash. Um, the Flash trailer. Sh- okay, so let's just get this out of the way. Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, Legends. All had uh, trailers for their upcoming seasons. However, let's be honest, all those all those trailers had sort of half scenes from towards the end of the season that just wraps and half scenes from the new stuff. But to be fair, it's not like they've had a ton of time to film. So that's why. Uh, Flash is the only one we really want to talk about. I will say Arrow looks interesting. I will say Legends looks interesting in terms of the fact that it's almost like Constantine Season 2 in a way. Uh, so that was interesting. i really excited about those. But Mark, uh, Mark only watches the Flash out of these. So with the Flash... Interesting to see all that stuff. Uh, I guess the new villain is Cicada. Um, wants to, you know, kill uh, in the comics. Cicada wants to kill the and the acolytes. I guess of Cicada want to kill those who Flash has saved in the past. So that's interesting. It, it reminds me of an arc. I think during the Mark Wade, Wade run with Savitar. You know, this this cult who killed a bunch of people for Savitar. I think. So and and to be fair, during the season with Savitar, there was like this cult surrounding him. So maybe it's a left cicada is a leftover of that. Maybe he's been reinvented to be his own thing. I guess we'll see. Mark, what did you think about uh, the Flash? And she said you that's the one show you do watch. It it intrigued me uh, or grabbed my attention. I I to be fair, I liked where last season left off. I liked I liked their daughter not just because she's cute, but she is. But I like the the idea that this is their you know their daughter from the future. Though again, it does come back to kind of a kind of this never-ending cycle of the speedsters doing something that they shouldn't do and screwing up 
the timeline or the future or the past or which we don't entirely know. Now they now it's a gray area yet because we don't entirely know what the hell Nora did that screwed things up so horribly. <laughs> that seems to be the big one of the big mysteries they're playing up that we know she's done since we know because since the end of last season she did something bad and she thinks she really messed up. We just don't know what entirely that means yet. So it just it logically makes us think that it relates to she tried to change something or she didn't but she did change something that she shouldn't have inadvertently. But either way, I'm kind of intrigued about that. Uh, the, the cast on that show is really good. Mm. So the, I think the cast is what keeps me coming back more than anything. And even though they keep, you know, they keep, there are certain members of the cast that keep coming and going and they bring in new people. And obviously Wally's not going to be in much of this season, even though they do show him in the trailer. They made, they were sure to show him in the trailer. So I'm in tr- I am interested in it. I do like the fact that it's get that at least for two years in a row we're not getting a speedster mm-hmm. as a villain. So I think that's a plus. Uh, I am more enthused about going into this season than I was going into last season. So that to me that's at least from a jumping on or starting off point. I I think that's a plus. Yeah. Uh, you wanted to talk about glass. Ever so briefly talk about Glass. I I know you really like Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. I liked Unbreakable, but never when I when it came out, I didn't I didn't buy into the hype. I didn't think it was as good as the as the hype was. But it was a very it was a cool concept. It was pulled off pretty well. Uh, Split last year, which was a surprise hit for Shyamalan, which is probably uh, after the visit. He had the visit like the year before. That was a hit, a surprise hit too. And I would say Split's the first movie that he's had in which the ties to Shyamalan were really played up again. Because even the even the visit, I think they kind of mentioned it was Shyamalan, but they still were kind of downplaying it, like the, like they were when it was at the the at the at the uh, absolute pit of Shyamalan's uh, career, like after, during the After Earth period, when they didn't mean like when they did everything they could to make. It, to try to hide the fact that he was attached to the movie, the na- but Split I think was the first movie that they really pushed his name on again uh, since he started to rebound. And Split was really good. I liked Split on his own. McAvoy, James McAvoy was great in that role. And again, that was, this was a spoiler. I knew before I saw the movie that the after like the after credit scene or whatever of the movie ties directly ties into you see da- you see David Dunn, the Bruce Willis character. Uh, actually, they referenced the Mr. Glass character, Sam Samuel Jackson's character, but that's ha- but you but the guy who when they're trying to figure out what that guy's name was, like who was that guy's name a few years ago, you know, and and then David Dunn's the one that says Mr. Glass, and then you realize who it is, and then you realize this is all a big shared universe between these these characters. So the idea of bringing them all together, uh, I liked, I do like the idea, I. I think these, you know, these the psychiatrists just dealing with, you know, the analysts just dealing with people who have delusions of being superheroes is somewhat intriguing, but it, it's probably a little too formulaic, I think, in a way. It could be, depending on how it's handled. But I'm in. I I want to see that movie, which is something I would never, I would never in a million years thought I would say, even going back a couple of years to see. I, I would ever say that about a Shyamalan movie again. But after Split, and knowing that there was tied to this. And knowing that that's exactly what he wanted to do next, he didn't make any bones about it. Once that movie started making money, 
since he had always kind of wanted to do a sequel to Unbreakable anyway, now this becomes, this movie is a sequel to Split and Unbreakable. So I'm looking forward to that. And I think we, you wanted to, should Titans or Clone Wars? All I'm going to say, I know you want to talk about Titans. All I want to say about Clone Wars is, yes, they're bringing back another season of Clone Wars to be on what, the, the Disney streaming service that they're, they're going to be launching soon, uh, which, is, of course, eventually was where all the Marvel and the Star Wars movies are going to end up. Uh, I, I think it's cool that they're bringing it back. In a way, it's not going to do me much good because I'm don't have. i not going to have that service. So... And it's not going to be on Netflix, so it's it's going to be something that eventually I suppose I'll see. And obviously, I'm sure I'll get the spoilers and stuff online. But I think it's cool. It's not. I don't think it's surprising they bring that back. I think that is it. Probably is a not so subtle way of appeasing the fan base. I don't know how long it's been in the works. Obviously, has to have been for a while. But I think it makes sense because the original. The classic Star Wars fan base, along with the prequel fan base, really seem to like that Clone Wars show. So to go back to it makes sense. And this is a great time to go back to it when you're trying to appeal to the things that almost everybody liked, as opposed to the stuff that's kind of breaking the fa- the fandom of Star Wars into fra- into factions. So that's all I wanted to say about Clone Wars. Uh, Titans, the TV series, uh, it released its first trailer. Two things have happened. Look, first of all, uh, did I enjoy the trailer for what it was? Eh. I mean, I was kind of there, kind of not. Uh, we'll see how it all works out. Two things I want to say. People are freaking out about, uh, and excuse me, it's a direct quote, so if anybody's offended, whatever. Dick Grayson saying, fuck Batman. All right. Um, is that in line with the character of Dick Grayson? A lot of people say no. I say Yes. There was a time when all the sidekicks at one point or another were pissed off at their mentors for some reason and really wanted to strike out and do their own thing. And if you remember, there was an era there where Batman really didn't want to let Dick Grayson go and was actually kind of pissed at Dick Grayson when he became Nightwing and did his own thing. So I don't really buy the idea that Dick Grayson would never, ever, ever say fuck Batman you got to consider where Dick Grayson is at, in his life. But hey, I'm not as big of a Batman Universe fan as I am a Green Lantern fan. So maybe if the tables were turned, I'd feel differently. So I'm not going to completely discount everybody's opinion being completely freaking out over Dick Grayson saying fuck Batman. But at the same time, I really don't get it. Mark, do you want to comment on that before I move on? I... I, the trailer didn't do much for me, but again, I'm not a, I'm not a Titans guy, even though I'm not. I I've said this before because I, I leave the t- I leave the TV on all the time in the living room when I'm not here for the for the cat. So I'm so I leave it on the Cartoon Network because so I've seen Teen Titans go so many damn times that I've kind of come around to, to at least appreciating that show now. But I am not a but I am not a Titans or a Teen Titans guy. So because of that. This show was never going to have a great appeal to me. Uh, I kind, I that Dick Grayson thing didn't bother me as much because, yeah, because I understood it to be in just in the context of you know like bat you know that hey you know Batman isn't everything you know I'm my own person or I don't or kind of what you said so I I it was yeah you could see it as blasphemous but I I I took it exactly as it's kind of like you know him being him like. 
him, this is this is his little fl- his little uh, declaration of independence, <laughs> independence there. So I, that's that's the way I took it. But to me, actually, Dick Grayson was probably the best part in that trailer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. And uh, moving on, the woman who plays Coriander, aka Starfire. For those of you, before I even launch into this. Starfire is one of my favorite characters in the DCU. Is it she, is she my number one? No. But she's in my top ten, if not top five. So I need everybody to really take me seriously when I say this. I watched that Titans trailer. You heard me say, eh. I was well, looking at those uh, set photos that someone snuck, sneakily took of all the people in costume standing on the side, uh, I guess waiting for a scene to start or something, and the woman who plays uh, Coriander... Anna Diop, dressed in the costume that they put her in, and everybody freaking out about how she looked. Okay? You see her in action in this trailer, and everybody freaks out about the way she looks. And starts uh, giving her all kinds of shit on social media, so much she had to shut down her own Instagram page. I don't like the way Starfire looks in this show. I don't support it. I don't like it. It is not Anna Diop's fault. I am really pissed at everybody in the community who bashed this woman so fucking hard she had to shut down her own social media account because of all the bullshit she had to take from everybody. That is horseshit. That is not that is a woman who worked hard, got cast in a role because she acted the way that these people who wrote the show and direct the show, produced the show, thought this character should be. She had nothing to do with the costume choices. She had nothing to do with the writing. She is an actor. She is doing a job she was hired for. So everybody who's crapping on this woman, go fuck yourselves. You should be ashamed of yourselves. How dare you do that to somebody? I feel the same way. Am I a big fan of The Last Jedi? I tolerate it. I think it's a good popcorn flick. I don't have as much problem with it as the rest of the people who love the Star Wars universe and who admittedly love it more than me. But the people who shit on the woman who played Rose, it's not her fault. She's an actress who got cast in a Star Wars movie. If you were an actor or actress of any kind and someone offered you a role in fucking Star Wars, wouldn't you say yes? Of course you would, because it's billions of dollars. It's an incredible franchise. Everybody's going to see it, and it's going to catapult your career and name overnight. Whether it's positive or negative, doesn't matter. It's a huge opportunity. You would never turn it down. And yet people shit all over the woman who played her. And they're doing the same thing to this poor girl. There is, look, I'm a a comic book fan and I get mad at things and everything. But holy God, the level of bullshit these people have to endure. It is not their fault. I can't think like I'm I'm trying. I try to be a fair person at times. I try to see all sides of an argument. I can't see any side of an argument that would justify you treating somebody like this. And that's the end of my rant. I've been actually yelling at, at this point. So I'm going to cut this off. Mark, if you want to add anything, go ahead. But I just I just I cannot believe the level of bullshit out there and the level of hatred and BS that has been pushed towards these people. 
in this particular case, because we're referencing Titans and a Diop. But as another example, of course, I added the woman who played Rose. But like, I, I, I can't fathom the stupidity and BS of these people. Yeah, we as we know, we're this is not, this is not exactly the peak of tolerant society right now in the world, let alone especially in in, in our country. It's like, yeah, I mean, you can you cannot like either the choices that you know the create you know the director or the writer, mostly the director. And you know, and to be fair, like the director and and like you look at Star Wars, like the studios. Lucasfilm's choices, but blaming the actors is lame because come on, they had no choice in this. It's not Starfire's choice. They made her look like a fifty-dollar hooker. <laughs> come on, I mean, come on. And, and that might be, and that might be asking a little too high in the list based on some of those outfits. But all kidding aside, I mean, it's like come on. That's even like we talked about Tom King getting death threats because because what because because you really wanted Bruce Wayne to marry friggin' Catwoman really uh, you would think he would have gotten death threats if he did have them get married not not have them get married <laughs> spoiler alert uh, <laughs> I don't know I I just I just think it's nuts uh, and there's there's zero justification for it I mean. It, <sighs> At least when you and I criticize something, like let's say we criticize Robert Venditti for his stuff, it's not like we sit there and say the dude should die. No, it's not no. we we don't cut him down and say he shouldn't even have the fucking job. How dare he? Like there, this character Green Lantern has been around for seventy five plus years. There are eras of it that suck. There are eras of it that are great. There are eras of it that suck that other people love that we didn't, and eras of it that we thought were great that other people thought sucked. This is fandom. This is something we should just accept. Do Mark and I criticize it? Yes, because it's not in line with what we think, and that's the point of this podcast is to review the content that comes out. It's an opinion-based thing, and when we ask for feedback from you guys as the listeners – when, it's particularly when you guys feel like we're being too hard on something. Those people who are positive about it and want to talk it up, we especially want to hear from you because it's an alternate point of view, and we are more than welcome to present those. But anybody out there who sits there and goes, God, I love Robert Venditti's run, and it's not like Mark and I are like shitting on it all the time. We don't think he's the worst writer ever. We don't even think he's – I don't even think he's in like the, the bottom 50%. But at the same time, we don't sit there and go, everybody who likes Robert Venditti, you're wrong. You're not true fans. You're shitty fans. How dare you? Th- you must be fucking stupid. You're Unfriend IQ- us. Unfriend us. Exactly. <laughs> if you like what you like, great. If you don't like it, there's more out there. There's old stuff. Go buy back issues. Write your own stuff. Like, are you – I just don't – I did, and that's just the comics. I can't understand the level of BS, the level of hatred, the level of sheer stupidity that has to be in someone's head to attack an actress for taking a job. She's not a costume designer. She's not a script writer. She's not the producer. She was hired for a job. And she's working with what the people gave her. All this crap she's getting... 
all you're basing it off of is the look of how it looks, the special effects, the costuming, all this stuff. This poor woman has nothing to do with that. She hasn't said two audible words for you to criticize her acting ability or her poise or her ability to interact and have chemistry with other characters on screen. It's, it's just ridiculous. And you know what? If anybody out there who listens to this show is one of these people who's doing this to these people, I don't want you as a listener. Uh-oh, you're doing it, Chad. You're saying unfriend me. <laughs> like, I, but, I mean... I, I, know, I know what you mean. I'm kidding you. But. Like, there's... there's, there's, there's it, as, like I said earlier, I try to see all sides of... There is no other side to this. There is no justification for attacking this woman in such a way that she feels her safety is threatened. That it, there, is, there is no justification. I can't think of a single logical argument why that should be out there. If you want to hate the design seriously, if you want to just rail against the company for making it, that's fine. But it's not her fault. Good Lord. All right. Moving on. One last thing. We wanted to talk about James Gunn. It's not so much we want, want to, no, but we should, no. I suppose. Well, since we're already on this topic. I know. It, it does kind of blend into this, you know, perfectly on some on some levels, but not necessarily. Be, uh, I'll, I'll bite the bullet, no pun intended, uh, to talk about gun, gun first. Uh, now... With, for, regardless, now, it's, it's a touchy subject. Now, regardless of what you think about about the whole idea of, oh, somebody in general, and let's not be hypocrites about this, and that's a, that's a key part to all of this. You can't be, when people are talking about things like what happened with James Gunn, you cannot be a hypocrite. You know, you can't be, you have, you, uh, you can be, because a lot of people are. But I mean, you, but you are, but you, but you are a hypocrite if you're rooting for this, if you are perfectly okay with the same thing happening to somebody you don't happen to like, or they have a different political view than you, and that you're okay when it happens to them, but somebody who you kind of like or agrees with your own ideology, then it's, oh, no, that's not fair. It was a long time ago. We should let it go. You're a hypocrite if you don't judge these things pretty much straight down the middle and say if somebody if person A says something stupid even if it was a while ago they shouldn't have said and they were not bright enough to get rid of it rid of the, the trail of evidence then you're opening the door and if you put yourself out there people are going to go looking for stuff you know if you're a vocal if you make yourself more of a target for people hey uh, but you have to be equal opportunity so I'm not going to talk about whether we I really think Gunn really believed or was a lot of the, these kind of Kind of sick crap that he, or sick humor that uh, that he used that was a reflection on his real views or, or any crap like that. I'm not going to even go there. Don't know. Uh, it was really weird. Even for a few years ago, it was really poor choice of humor. It's not like he was a little kid. It's not, not like the excuse. Oh, I'm a, I was 17 and I was young and stupid. He, you know, it wasn't that long ago. Uh, it was poor subject matter for humor. It. She should have been bright enough to realize, well, after the fact, I should probably get rid of all these. Uh, and either way, that's just – it just was a really inappropriate, I think, subject. But when you do that, it's going to come back to bite you. And, and Disney, 
Disney, ha- you know, you, you put yourself in Disney's position. First of all, even though we know that Disney does have a certain political ideology they seem to support more of the times than not, they are still a quote-unquote family company. And that's really not the kind of stuff that is real easy to let slide. And especially when, though, it's not exactly the same circumstance, they just dealt with what they did with Roseanne, and they can't, and they shit-canned her almost immediately. It kind of would be opening up a big potential can of worms once this stuff came out for them to just ignore it and say, oh, we're going to wait until – we're just going to wait to see what the public just decides, basically. And if the public gives us a hard time, then we'll get rid of them, and if they don't, we're just going to let it. So at least whether you – I think you have to give them credit for being pro- proactive on this. Do we think – I mean personally, I don't think James Gunn is going to be blackballed and he's never going to work again. I don't think that's going to be the case. Uh, but what I found out about all this because I didn't know what the hell was going on. Actually, I, I saw I saw Ryan Daly's joke about him. He was available to, <laughs> to direct <laughs> Guardian 3 first. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And then and it kind of annoyed me too that of, of all – that. Newsarama did have it like in their top ten, you know, their their little uh, banner thing. They had it in their top ten for a little bit, but then it kind of faded out. Which normally I would understand because you put new stories there and the old stuff disappears. Considering, in all honesty, how relatively uneventful Comic Con was, and that was actually a news story, they probably should have kept that friggin' story there. And any cool news was another one that didn't do a particularly good job at. I think it almost went like a full day before they had it like in their in, in their like a uh, top articles right like in the middle of the page you'd have to scroll down to, to actually see it i don't think anything on saturday when i think this is when that broke uh so that's pretty much what i have to say about it it's unfortunate on multiple levels because i did like even though again I'm, i've made it clear guardians are not my favorite these marvel movies by far i do appreciate especially the second one now more than they did and I, and, and i appreciate the unique tone that it had, and it would have been nice for him to complete the trilogy that he obviously already had the script, the first draft of the script already completed for. Just like I understand the actors rallying around that person because it makes sense, because they know this person in a certain way, and it doesn't mean that he's not really that way, but they know that you know that's how they know the director and how they relate to him, and part of a family, it makes sense. That's who it, it's natural, so you can't get on their back to. I think for defending him on that level, it's it's understandable to a certain extent, but I I don't I think it's hard to say oh Disney did Disney did the wrong Disney did the wrong thing based on who they are and the the environment that we live in. Even though yes, it would be nice that we're all are tolerant of other people's uh, thoughts and and opinions and jo- and jokes that might offend some people. I just think the subject – I think the subject matter of these things did him in more than anything. And the fact that, again, learning from your mistakes, it's not like there was just one of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. If it was just one off, one off, you know, ill-fated – as we know, sometimes humor, when you type stuff, it's not nearly as humorous. It's like it's like sarcasm uh, It's in things like that. It, it doesn't really come across well when you type, when you write a lot of the time because you have no inflection and you can't see somebody's face and things like that. If there was one comment – then you can make the case, okay, people are zeroing in, it's like a witch hunt. He kind of made it real – when you make it real easy you know, for people to take you down, which is, I guess, the morals of the big story too, is that no matter how big you are, you can always be taken, you can always be taken down. So, so people always like to think that they're, they're above everything, and, they, and they're – but the reality is history teaches us that you, you, can, you give people a long enough rope that somebody can drag you down with it, so – 
And speak and speaking of history, I mean everybody's got a history. I mean, uh, and, every, and everybody said everybody said well, stuff that they've regretted or t- you know, and or if not to, <clears throat> sorry, not to interrupt you, just but if every we know everybody if they were taken at their worst moment when they, when either their worst everybody could read their worst thoughts or the worst thing that they ever said or anything that that would make everybody in the world nine and a half people out of ten would look absolutely horrible, intolerant. Whatever, but that's mm-hmm. you no. Know, that's not how people. That's only a snapshot of who you are. But when you're in the public eye and you leave a paper trail, you have to be smarter than that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean everybody's got a history, including Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever see an elephant fly? I didn't. Well, I seen a horse fly. Uh-huh, I seen a dragon fly. <laughs> I seen the house fly. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, just a random clip started playing on my computer. I don't know what happened. Uh, <laughs> I figured you would have gone Song of the South more than Dumbo, but <laughs> uh, I figured I'd go for the more tame example. <laughs> uh, everybody's got a history. I've got a history. I grew up raised in a Christian household. I was taught that homosexuality was a sin no matter what. I was taught that abortion was wrong no matter what. I'm 31 now. I've grown up. still consider myself a Christian to some extent. I believe in a God. But I've grown beyond that. I've looked at all the situations that involve someone getting an abortion. Should a rape victim be forced to carry the child to term? I definitely don't think so. Should a woman who is pregnant and the pregnancy will harm her or kill her be forced to keep that child? I don't think so. In terms of homosexuality, I always sort of felt it was wrong. It didn't really mix with the whole love everybody (laughs) message. But, you know, that's what I was taught. That's what I had to believe. That's what I had to preach to fellow people who asked me about my religion. But I always felt wrong. And then my cousin came out as gay. And pretty much the whole family ostracized her. Like, not my not my father, not my mother. That's not what they were taught. But the family at large ostracized her. She got with her partner. She had already had a kid from before she came out. Uh, and she got with her partner. And her partner recently came out and said that she was actually going to be uh, known as Landon now. She's going to she's a transsexual. She's uh, transitioning. Those are two of the most sweetest people I've ever met in my entire life. They're the most welcoming, the most loving, the most compassionate people I know. I will never cut them out of my life. How dare I have ever thought in my past that they were horrible people, that they were sinners, and that they were going to hell. How dare I judge them for that? Like, I don't, like, people change. Now, don't get me wrong. I am. I have my own bias. I am freely willing to admit that right here and right now. The Roseanne Barr stuff, knowing what side of the political aisle she falls on, I'm much less likely to forgive someone like Roseanne Barr than I am someone like James Gunn. But at the same time, if I'm really stepping away from it emotionally and being 100% honest, 
it's really almost a similar situation. Do I agree with either James Gunn or Roseanne Barr on the stuff that they that came out, what they said? No. But people change. And I don't understand I understand I understand this culture that we've gotten into of of taking people off the platform and, and ostracizing them because of the things that they say and racism comments and homophobic comments and and all this stuff. But James Gunn said this stuff several years ago. And it is entirely possible for a person to change. Is it possible that he still thinks these things and that that's still his brand of humor and that he's lying and he's just upset about the backlash? Is it possible? Of course it's possible. It's possible for anybody to want to protect their career in that way. But to sit there as a culture and blame these people for stuff they said before and completely ostracize them, never ever giving anyone the chance to ever explain or move on or say I have grown in that my in my personal journey I have I have learned things, I have experienced things in such a profound way that my worldview has altered as a human being and as an adult. That bothers me. To be forever judged by something that you did in the past, like don't get me wrong, I understand that not everybody shares my views on what I just said about abortion or homosexuality. I understand that. I'm not sitting here preaching to our audience saying that if you don't agree with me on this, you should stop listening to the show in terms of these subjects, because these are very sensitive subjects and these are subjects that are near and dear to a lot of people's heart. I understand the pro-life arguments. I understand the pro-choice arguments. I understand the sides of this, and that's why I've come out on my own side. The same way I said several episodes ago that the, the, the idea of a death penalty is not something I have uh, decided on. That's it's such a complicated issue I haven't decided on. As an adult and through my life, I have now been able to make a stance on abortion, make a stance on my ideas of homosexuality and, 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 and acceptance of the, of the various uh, sexes and sexualities of people. Those are things I have come to understand and make a stance on. But the death penalty is something I'm still working on. These are things we think about and grow into our own on. And for someone to be judged for what they did years ago, I just... Something about that feels inherently wrong. Should this stuff have come to light? Does Disney have a right to act on it the way they did? Absolutely. You know, the, you know, if, if stuff like this comes to, to light, someone needs to act on it. Someone needs to say something. But I don't know about someone just being completely shut out, being ostracized, being blacklisted. You said, will James Gunn be blacklisted? I don't think so. You don't think so. Twitter was alight with people saying, hey, if he's not done at Marvel, he'd be perfect for Green Lantern. <laughs> I saw tons of those tweets uh, during San Diego Comic-Con weekend. But I don't know. I, it, this, is, this is another complicated situation where I agree that we should hold people accountable for the things they say or do. But the idea that it should stick with them forever to not give them a chance to explain how they've grown, how they've journeyed in this life, I, I just, that also, that feels inherently wrong. Well, it, I would say it is, it is wrong. But we've also seen before that the, the way pe the way it's 
Now the pendulum does swing, but it the problem is that it's very rarely done evenly. That it's that at some point that whether it's like the McCarthy era, where anybody you know anybody basically who was accused of leaning left or or being a communist, you know they were black blackballed. Whether it's a little a little more subtle way of doing it now, or look at like as an example, look at someone like Mel Gibson. You know, Mel Gibson has essentially, for the most part, he started it. He started to come be more accepted slowly but surely now. But Mel Gibson pretty much was blackballed for a long time after after you know you know what he did when he you know when he said to, what he said to the cop and every and and the, that again that private conversation between him and his his ex there. That's you know that regardless of what he, what you think about what he said, how appropriate that was or not to to her, the reality was she. It seems pretty clear. I mean, from my perspective, she was clearly, you know, we, you know, she was trying to get him going on purpose and was trying to get as much money out of him as per, you know, it was all a, a means to an end, recording that phone conversation between the two of them. But either way, it doesn't matter what you view on it. Mel Gibson was blackballed for a long time, but then, and then the and I think the ultimate example of the hypocrisy was Mel Gibson, who really wasn't, who didn't really commit a crime. Uh, she wasn't convicted, I think, of a real crime. I don't believe, uh, unless I'm wrong about what was going on. It's been several years, so. Yeah, but but at the time when they were making Hangover Two, I think it was Gaffin what's that? Zach. I can't Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, I always get his like when I need to say it, I always get it wrong. He and a couple and other, but I think it was mostly him. They were the ones that led the charge to get Mel Gibson removed from. Hangover Two, when he was supposed to play the tattoo artist, because they didn't like what you know, they didn't like what he had said and the things. At the same time, you know, the convicted rapist, Mike Tyson, is in both of those movies. So that's what that's what you that's when you talk about hello hypocrisy. And I like my and hey, I also believe in second chances, and I like Mike Tyson when he first started out. I I think Mike Tyson probably has changed for as far as what I can see. So I have no problem with Mike Tyson getting those opportunities in, in those in those movies. But it's kind of hypocritical to say, oh, we are, we're okay working with the convicted rapist, but we're, we don't want to work with the guy who, you know, because he because he said some like, you know, anti-Semitic or whatever things when he was drunk. So that that's what I mean. If you if you have to dispense this stuff, ideally, you know, you really people should be dispensing it evenly. And it's like we don't really care which side of, of the aisle you're on. We're going to treat you the same way. We'll, we will ostracize both of you for a certain period of time. We will bring you. We will welcome you back. At a certain time, James Gunn, James Gunn would be more likely to come back and come back quicker than, let's say, mainstream than Roseanne because of where they stand on the political aisle. That's yeah. just the re- that's just the nature of the way things are. Hollywood leans mostly left. James Gunn, in all likelihood, well, you see, you already see, and again, not just the people who he works with who you understand. A lot of people are rallying around him. So. A yeah, petition is on change.com, yeah. change.org with 150,000 signatures. Yeah, but then again, we know that there's petitions for everything. There's yeah. a petition to, re- to there's, a, there's a petition to remake the Last Jedi, so it doesn't make. Yeah, I know. I, I know, I know. You know, I'm just saying that we, there's literally people. It's like two people meet and they and they and they, they decide to, to to get a petition started these days. But the reality is, James Gunn will probably pay a price, considering all they were were words, and there's no evidence to you know that there was any. He ever acted on any of the things that he said and he made jokes about. As long as that remains the case, I am sure that even if it maybe maybe it's going to take a year or so, maybe maybe 
Like Hulk, like Hulk Hogan, like Hulk Hogan say, being recorded for saying the crap that he that, that he did on those tapes. Uh, that it was it was it was wrong that he said it, but it was also wrong that the WWE just like completely literally wiped him off their website and, and their record books and everything else, like he never existed. That's bullshit. Revisionist history like that is dangerous. You don't do shit like that. You can punish somebody. You can you, you can put an asterisk and say, well, this you know. Acknowledging what they did wrong, but don't pretend that they didn't exist. So I, James Gunn will be back. It w- I mean, I would also have no issue if at some point he did come back and even did this movie if they wanted to put if they wanted to delay it a little bit and then have him. But I think, I think Disney had no choice. I think these things, if if it was just him being political, I think they could have let it go. I think that kind of where the, what what that humor was about, pedophilia and things along those lines that. That's no. usually that's usually stuff people don't really take kindly to. Yeah, and for the record, people, we're not we're not downplaying what he said. We're not saying he shouldn't have been punished. Uh, we're not saying uh, it, I'm not even saying that I'm presenting a solution to this. I'm just saying this idea of 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 punishing Banish, people for stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah, punishing people for stuff they said years and years and years ago. Uh, I. <laughs> It, it's 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 a tricky situation. I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand the culture in which we live. I understand that there are so many various different opinions and stuff that need to be weighed. I understand that Disney as a company has a certain ideology and, and mission statement and so on and so forth that they need to make sure everybody falls in line with. I understand all of this. And I'm not saying that the things uh, James Gunn said weren't horrible or offensive. Even he himself has said that. So uh, in no way am I defending the stuff he said. I'm just saying that there's this really weird line here that is that nobody is talking about. That it, when I put myself in a situation of you know uh, being a 100% no strings attached, you know anti LGBT community, anti uh, you know or, or, or being pro life uh, in all cases, you know. I would hate for someone to think of me in that light now as I am now based on what I said then. Like that's, that's, that's not me anymore. That's not what I believe. I have my own experiences and my own thought process and my own discovery in my life that has led me to the points of view that I now possess. And I would hate somebody to completely devalue that and and push it aside and say, none of that matters because at one point you thought this. That's just it. Just feels wrong. It's inherent. It just there's something there that just doesn't feel right to me. So while I don't agree with what James Gunn said, what's happening to him or what could happen to him in the future, I don't know if I agree with that either. So everybody's on the internet blowing up about various things. The James Gunn thing is one of them. It's been very talked about, and it was mentioned a ton of times in the Green Lantern hashtag this weekend. So. We should talk about it. We do talk about the Marvel movies quite a bit, so we wanted to bring that up, too. And since we're already talking about contro- not controversy, because really there's no other side to what I was talking about with Titans and, and Star Wars Last Jedi. Um, but, man, we talked, on, we talked on some pretty intense topics here towards the end. <laughs> I know. We didn't, we, didn't, we, didn't go, we didn't go out in a high note. Maybe I need to make that I – sh- I should have made that uh... – when it came to the Godzilla trailer, that joke I was going to make about Chad gives it like four bulging robes up. <laughs> so good, I made it. Now, now we're ending on a positive note. 
we we went way longer than we intended to, but we at least we got some good content out of it. Yeah, we weren't, we weren't stretching good. too hard on it. So, uh, you want you, go ahead. And we actually and we and we left out some uh, other. Well, we may we may have mentioned them, but there was more stuff we were trailer wise we had thought about originally pl- talked about possibly delving into and doing more on, but we kind of made them like pop topics at the end <laughs> just because we wanted to. Guys, we wanted to roll through this. So you want us to want me to take us home, Chad? Yeah, take us home. <laughs> Tell people how they can reach out to us. Yell at us if they disagree with our political viewpoints. <laughs> and, and 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 if you want to unfriend us, you go to <laughs> uh, lanterncast.com is the website. Uh, you you guys know this by now. Now you'll uh, go check out our Ring Cyclopedia episodes. There'll be another one. I got to put another one up uh, real soon. Uh, uh, lanterncast at gmail.com is the best way to contact us. Give us some feedback. We like getting feedback. And no, we, by the way, Cor, when we got your, we got your feedback, it was just, we already had this episode kind of planned out, so we figured it was more appropriate to talk about a, a Green Lantern core kind of question when we do Hal and the core, which will be next. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, we're on both. Uh, use hashtag GeoCast to locate us on either iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, whichever platform you listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. And last but not least, 708 Lantern. That is the voicemail. So let us know what you think. All right, guys. We'll see you next time when we'll talk about Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>